Welcome everyone to Low by Lit. This is a podcast where I talk to authors, poets, and uh, publishers. On today's episode, I'm talking to Paul Hansen Clark and Austin You can check out past episodes on Spotify and Apple. Happy holidays, y'all. This is a long one. I edited the first 30 minutes, and then I just tacked that on, and I'm let the rest just slide on through. Whatever you get is what you get. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Happy New Year. Hope you all have a lovely 2024. It's been an awesome year. Love you guys. See you guys later. You guys do drugs together when you first met? Me and Paul? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think but I know. Paul was nodding. Paul when he was high, I think. I've I think. done I've done MDMA in your presence. Okay. I remember at Nathan's place? Yeah. He had a reading for his birthday. I remember you were there. I remember being real feeling really nice. Nathan who? Mastering? Tyler, you love Shabby Dollhouse, huh? Yeah. Go Shabby Dollhouse. Did you ever go to any other events? I went to one of the events, yeah. Oh, which one? It was in New York. Cool. At Mellow Pages. Aha. It was a very memorable and excellent night. What were they promoting? I think they were just, I think uh, LK Shaw was just rolling through New York and wanted to put something on. And it was just kind of like, Here's some people I think are awesome, mm-hmm. and they're all together. That was that was the vibe. There might have been something specific being promoted. But I think it was just kind of a, hey friends, let's get together and have a good time. Cool. Were you in college at this point, or did you graduate? I was definitely graduated. I don't know. I was born in 1985, so I'm like on the older end of the all lit social spectrum. Mm-hmm. See, so yeah, I was in my like late 20s, early 30s when that happened. Were you on like HTML Giant? Yeah, I read it. I, I wasn't like an active comment. I'd comment occasionally, but I was very uh, anxious about seeing fitting what? in. Did you know what was happening while it was going on? Oh, in terms of the abusive stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, there's some bad vibes for sure that I caught. Uh, some of the specifics surprised me some of them didn't like with totally i was not at all surprised that i heard what i heard about him because he seemed like a sleazy guy but who other people Stephen totally dirks oh okay and with steve i don't know Steve was like a weird unpleasant person in my life but i didn't necessarily expect what happened what came out about him to come out but what about you austin i was never really around New York people at all. Uh, and I still don't like the New York literary scene. I've been to KGB bar a couple of times and I really can't stand it. Why do you hate it so much? It just, I don't know. It's not a good bar. Like I get that it's like legendary or whatever, but like as far as bars go, it doesn't seem like a great space. Also, I don't know. I just, Something about New York, like I haven't learned to love it. I feel out of place or like 
stuff feels cramped or too noisy, too dirty. The nice, you know, what I feel comfortable in ends up being like too expensive. Something about New York, just like, I guess maybe because I'm from Texas, I don't get it a lot of the time. I have some wonderful friends in New York and I love to go visit them, but um, yeah, so I, I feel like I avoided. Are you more like of a loner type? Maybe that's why you hate New York. No, I just like, um, I don't know. I prefer Chicago to me. Oh, okay. But as far as like bad behavior in literary scenes, um, I feel like I've definitely been a badly behaved man in literary scenes more often than not. So I don't know. Not a. What's the worst thing you've done? Probably wouldn't tell you, although to be honest, I can't. Whoa. Anything really that bad. But I mean, you you can ask around. Like you know, there there for a while there were like lists. There were like spreadsheets going around. You know? And your name was on them. You're on I'm the blacklist. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But you know, whatever. Do you give bad vibes to people? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why you don't like New York because you don't want to be around the people. I disagree. I think Austin has great vibes. Okay. Lovely Paul, are vibes. you on these lists? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. No, I'm, I'm a beautiful person who nice. treats people with love and kindness, especially as it relates to the alt community. But uh, I've done shitty things in my day because I was an alcoholic scumbag, but I've never like done some of the shit that some of these people are accused of doing. But I've said like cruel things to people I love and stuff like that, you know? Okay. That's like what drinking booze. Did you ever make a magazine? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> what magazines? Um, I mean, uh, so, okay. Can I give some background? Sure. Context is king. I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska, and we had a poetry studio called Space, where we had a writer's group every week, and we had readings every month. Wow. And we try to get people to travel in do stuff one event we started doing was a love poem open mic every february first friday um and we started having a chat book go along with that and the first one was just like random it was like seven people from lincoln the second one i started putting it on the internet and it was like people i knew a few outlet people but mostly like people connected to people i knew from nebraska but then the third one i really hyped the fuck out and there's a lot of all people all the people in that and it was like it ended up being like six volumes like six separate chapbooks that we know that the people that's one thing and we like letter press the cover and shit it was really fun it was really it was, but it was a really like intensely uh, demanding project but yeah a lot of people that that i'm still friends with like my friend luke packard who you know is an all it person he 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 sent stuff to that and i was like man this dude's awesome so yeah that that was like my biggest uh effort in terms of yeah that's it right there that's it that's one of them yeah that's that's a, a lot of old chat books today but this is indispensable what did you oh, throw yeah. out i mean i'm not going to go out to the street and look at it but it was why don't like, you send them to me i want those <laughs> now you got to come pick them up some girl on twitter was like why wouldn't you just give them away and i was like yeah. the street, come get them um <laughs> some stuff that i thought was cool but i just haven't looked at it and honestly like 
six or seven years. Like there used to be this guy M Kitchell. He had like That's a zoo called Soul Jury. That's a privilege, Austin. You're very privileged. What? Throwing like out collection. This is like a time machine. Austin does use. have a pretty elite collection of like perhaps the one of the more elite outlet libraries I've ever seen. I guess I'll give you twenty. How much for it, Austin, to go back out and put it in a box? Just send it to me. I'll give you I'm like twenty-five bucks. Only this much, and you wouldn't recognize a lot of this stuff. It's like I'm a freak, dude. <laughs> All right, I'll go out after this if I can find it. I'll mail it to you. I'll give you thirty dollars. But my my immediate neighbors take precedence over that. Your neighbors? Is it in your neighbor's trash? No, it's on in a box on the street. I, oh. I live in my neighborhood. I live in Rittenhouse Square. Can you go get it and then bring it in and we can look at them? <laughs> no, it's not. I, I walk around the neighborhood and I look at the books that people put out on the street. And it's always like fucking Malcolm Gladwell. Like, I don't know. Some the bullshit. Good stuff. Austin, <laughs> did you make any magazines? Yeah, I guess. No, I guess. There was a long time where I thought that I wanted to either have a magazine where I was the editor or have a podcast similar to what you're doing now or mm-hmm. for a while I was making stickers and I was getting uh I was trying to get other people to collaborate on like a pack of stickers and none of those things really got off the ground and I'm kind of grateful just because I don't know I don't I don't think I really have the vision to make the kind of stuff that I want to see in the world so but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've tried it all. Drugs. Didn't you but... almost have one? Have one what? A, a, a magazine. Uh, no, I, mean, I don't know. It. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I've mentioned to you in a yeah. in a DM conversation about a time when I was paying people in something that wasn't money to send me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, under the influence of drugs, I've done all kinds of things, my friend. All kinds of things. So, is there two Austins, like one not on drugs and one on drugs? And they have two different collection of memories? Well, there are some things that are lost from my memory for sure, or some things that other people have told me that I did that I was then like, oh, oh, okay. But uh, no, it was me the whole time. I'm never steal a horse. I've been on demon time for a long time. Demon time. Yeah, since 1991, basically. <laughs> cool. But anyways, you know, I'm trying to live clean and sober these days, and it it's better. It's nicer. What but changed you? What changed me? Well, I don't know. I kept losing friends to drugs, and then there was this guy. Uh, Giancarlo de Trapano. Oh yeah, I thought it was cool, and I kind of had a little friendship with him, and he died, and so I just got like even more worried for myself and fed up with drugs, kind of all at once. So, but I was also like in a relationship, and I was more or less off drugs, but I just couldn't relate properly to a person. that I was in a relationship with. It was driving me nuts. So I decided to ask some friends for help. So Gene's passing, like, led to that? 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, I wasn't that close with him, but I I did talk to him fairly often, and it was shocking. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think there were a few people that were affected, so affected by Gian's death that they were like, you know what, I, I better start cleaning up my act. So shout out to him for that. That's crazy. Just the amount of people that his death like affected. I'm always surprised to hear like a news story. I mean, I think, you know, people lionize him and that's cool because he was one of a kind. But I think uh, all of us could stand to maybe think about how the way we live our lives affects the people around us. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing bad, you know, you're affecting people around you. If you're doing good, then hopefully you're affecting the people around you. I want to say that he was doing bad, though. Like, that's the thing. That's what was so shocking. Yeah. I mean, maybe not, but if you, you know, I don't want to speak on him too much, but I've known a lot of people, I think, that have overdosed on drugs and really, like, the people around them suffer. I've done it to people around me. I haven't lost my life. But then, um, you know, if you lose your life doing drugs that's you're putting other people through a lot of shit mm -hmm. from that point on you know what about you paul hmm. did gian's death affect you um you know i guess not in the way that austin describes i quit drinking in 2011 i quit using drugs in 2016 but you know i mean i i followed him he was the person that mattered to me in my imaginary. I didn't know him. Uh, it was also shortly after my dad died. So oh, kind wow. of, like it was just kind of trippy. And I don't know. I don't really know how to describe how that odd one, two made me feel, but it was very strange. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was really sad. And I thought uh, I've, I've talked shit on plenty of people and I've talked some shit on Gene, but my one feeling about him is he's like, legit like he is who he is and he tried to do cool stuff and he put resources toward cool stuff and that's awesome and uh a lot of people who try to fly the gene flag i don't think come anywhere close to being as cool as he was you know so oh, yeah. that's how i feel about that speaking of paul's dad passing tyler if you haven't heard paul's podcast uh it's called petroleum boogie you really ought to give it a shot and there's one episode that i really love that I've listened to like two or three times and it just brings me to tears every time. So putting you on blast there, Paul. What's it called? Petroleum Bubby? Boogie. Boogie. Okay. I'll find this episode. I'll send it to you, Tyler. You got to hear it. All right. Yeah. It's the most recent one. I've only done like a few episodes. It's really uh, dormant, but that, the, that one's just about grief and stuff. And you read poems on there? Yeah, I do actually. Okay. It ends with me reading a bunch of poems. With music and stuff, it's, I, I put a lot of energy into like production and like making it all sonic and shit. Yeah, it's art. When did you start doing it? The podcast? Yeah, uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, I've only okay. done like six or seven episodes. It's it's really like not a thing. I might try and revive it, but I don't know. I don't know what to do. Tyler, do you write poems? Do I write? Like when I do, yeah. If I do a workshop, I will contribute work to it. Do you write poems or stories or both? 
I've been I've taken fiction workshops and I've taken poetry workshops and nonfiction workshops and screen writing workshops. It's hard to write outside of the workshops though. Do you read? Do I read? Yes, I do read. Let's talk about you guys. So <laughs> you guys have books out? No. We're both you don't Paul? No. You've done so much. I mean, uh, I've created like zines of my work that mm -hmm. I've sold at um, events, but I've uh, yeah I've only ever been a self-published uh, book haver. You're like um, August. But yeah, and I like that episode you did with him. I definitely felt a lot of uh, affinity for much of what he was saying. Have you and August ever worked on something together? No, we talk here and there, and we chat, and we have a fun uh, kind of like jokey adversarial uh twitter friendship okay but um no i don't really know him that well i have a mutual friend named michael who speaks very highly of him so yeah i'd love to meet him and hang out or do a reading or something and my friend wallace did a reading with him in texas somewhat recently see so, yeah, i feel like there'll probably be a day when our cross our paths cross but but yeah i, I don't know if i'll ever i don't typically just like collaborate with people outside nebraska most of my collaborative stuff is like in my local community more so Shout out to Wallace Barker, by the way. Wallace is uh, from Texas. He's a attorney. He's a father. He's a little older, but not like super old or anything. Uh, he's just, I met him at um, an event that Steve Rockenbuck put on during South by Southwest Same. called Boost by Boost West, which was just like poetry reading in Wallace's backyard that occurred around the same time as South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin. And you know, uh, Wallace is just like an alt-lit aficionado who put it on and he, he yeah he's he's a, I, i've had a very long correspondence with him where we just talk about writing and stuff it's fun he has two books of poems and one is called la serenissima and i really love that one yeah he writes a lot of like a uh, travelogue style poetry boost west was that the same year that rogan buck had the reading in the hotel no i think i think that might have been the next year okay. um I am currently located in a small town in southwest Nebraska, which is where I grew up. But I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. What's the scene down there like? It's a college town. Okay. Um, so when I started doing stuff, a lot of my friends and I were fresh out of college or just ending college. And we had a lot of youthful and bigger. Um, and yeah, we're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, it just sometimes people, people leave college towns a lot. And... And yeah, right now it seems pretty, pretty mellow. Mm -hmm. Nothing too crazy happening, but it's still pretty solid. I'm in Austin. I remember it. I was like, I went to a reading that Steve set up a few days before the one at Wallace's house. And I was really struck because I was just like, damn, the readings that we put on in Lincoln are way cooler than these readings in Austin, Texas. And I would have kind of expected the opposite. So yeah, we have, we, we've had a real robust scene at times with really cool shit happening. What's like a good reading versus a bad reading in your estimation? When everyone's saying something that's important to them, and every person watching loves them for saying it, that's a good reading. I love readings where people just read something that really matters to them, and everyone there is just completely there for it. I just think that's so beautiful. Uh, but yeah, I guess if I were to try to define a bad reading, it's just like, I don't know, it's just people 
I don't know. It's just people trying to be cool for no reason. And it sucks. And it's boring. <laughs> and I hate it. Um, but that's pretty rare. I really love readings. I'm not anti at all. I'm the last person that's going to talk shit on readings. Um, so, yeah, I guess I prefer the IRL experience. But um, it might just be because I'm not as plugged into like what's happening with the online readings. If you could host your own, what would you do with it to have other people feel connected? Online? Yeah. Or maybe have an offline feeling of connection that is an online environment. Hmm. I'm not sure. I thought your podcast. I listen to your podcast, Tyler. Well, thank <laughs> your you. Thoughts, your thoughts influence me and uh, inspire me. And you pose questions like this to people. And I've thought about things like this, but more in the terms of like the, the workshop that you've, that you've asked people about from time to time. I'm like, what would my online workshop be like? And I guess I'm, I'm just going to answer that instead, but it's like, Okay. I think it'd be cool to have like uh, someone and their friend sharing poetry in a sort of conversational back and forth manner where it's kind of like a podcast conversation, kind of like a reading, but it's just like intimate back and forth. And then maybe they'll each have like a couple people that they bring in or something like that. Like something that's like there's two people and then there's four people, you know, it kind of spreads out or spiders out. I think it'd be pretty beautiful, perhaps. That sounds good. What about you, Austin? If you could do a workshop, what would you do with it? I think it would probably just be like a cooking class or something. A cooking class? Yeah. It's like where it's like basically, I don't know, encouraging people to, to, to live the art of their life rather than focusing on a scene of art or like a genre of art. Or whatever, because all of that is I've found at its worst, like really corrupting and sad. And I think it's, um, I don't know. I I enjoy my life now more that I'm now that I'm less worried about a scene or fitting in or something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sort of giving up writing and learning to cook in a restaurant and then now i'm like trying to give that up and just do something a lot more boring that pays better i think i'm really not concerned as much with like making art but at the same time i take the like construction and curation of my life a lot more seriously so i would encourage that if i had a workshop are you anti-art now no I just, I don't know. There's other things to give a shit about also. Is that why you threw your chat books out? Your valuable chat books? Like, yeah. fuck this shit. I don't even know this anymore. Yeah, it is. It is. Do you write at all, Austin? Or is that like in the in the rear view completely? Uh, no, I don't. I still read. I love fiction. Yeah? But I, you know, I'm not like a mfa level reader are you taking like classes for something yeah Yeah, i'm doing an associate's degree for like a healthcare job Mm -hmm. how's that going it's fine i mean i failed out of so much college i did like a, a freshman year of college when i was in like 2010 and i failed two semesters two full semesters 
Uh, was it so the tests or was it the projects? It was showing up to class. It was reading. It was mm -hmm. all of it. I just wanted to get high. So I dropped out and I got really good at getting high. What was your best high? I mean, I remember it vividly. It was, um, I was listening to, there was like a Nav Metro Boomin album. It's still really good. But at the time, it was incredible for me. And it was uh, Adderall, Oxycontin, and Xanax all together. That was, that takes the top spot. Is that dangerous to do, all those three? Yeah, it is. I do not recommend any of those things. All of those things are terrible. It's terrible things that I will never put in my body again, God willing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think if I did a workshop, it would just be like about living life. It would be like... Living the moment? So no. let's cook some bacon. I mean, it would be like, yeah, appreciating the moment. Like something that I've been thinking about a lot is like thinking about where I want to be and what I would like to have in my life, what I would like to give to other people, what I would like to see in the world and feeling frustrated that none of that is in front of me right now. And thinking about like all the hard work it'll take to get there. But, um, you know, when I'm, future tripping like that it's like my ego edging out any kind of gratitude that i could have for what i have today like i mm -hmm. have a cute little apartment i got 10 fingers and toes my mind is mostly functioning i have friends and family in my life i have a job that pays the bills i have a plan of something to do and i've escaped all kinds of scrapes with death and all this shit and i'm good i'm chilling so What's the closest you've been to death? Um, I overdosed pretty bad in Chicago in Whoa. 2016. Um, it was not a good time. But, um, yeah, I've had a few. What about you, Paul? What's the closest you've been to death? Uh, I've never overdosed. I've never been on that type of I used to do this thing when I was in a kind of height of my alcoholic depression where I'd I tried to drink so much that I might die. Like I, I'd be like, I'm gonna drink myself to death this weekend, and I just like drink constantly for three, four days, something. And I would drive and shit when I was doing that. So I don't know. I, was, I lived recklessly and dangerously, and very bad things could have happened. But I never had like a a, a kind of like heroic or not heroic, like and, uh, a horrifying moment of like, oh my god. I don't know if you can see it. I have this scar on my pinky that happened that hurt a lot because i like i was dumb as shit but i i have injured injured myself i broke a rib one time fell down a flight of stairs so i've hurt myself i've done stuff that's reckless but i've never had like i've never felt like necessarily i got super truly close to death in that kind of narrative way when you were drinking yourself to death were you a pretty good driver uh yeah i guess i guess i would say i was i consider myself a pretty a pretty aces drunk driver uh, if i'm being quite honest you could beat Austin in a race if you guys were both drunk and high. One time I was driving with my buddy Justin, who Austin knows and who Catch mentioned when you were talking to Cash, but I was wasted driving past a police officer and he said, dude, you're passing a cop. And I said, it's kind of my specialty. 
So yeah, I, I, no, I'm a, I consider myself a great driver. You ever driven drunk, Tyler? No, but I walked home drunk. <laughs> Good call. Down like a college like strip, like in Stillwater, but I made it. It's the best bar in Stillwater. I I didn't go to the bars in Stillwater. I went to the little parties and little tiny mm-hmm. houses. Father, how do you decide what to cut out of these podcasts? You don't really cut anything, I feel like. I do cut things, the boring parts, or like when I'm interrupting someone. Do you have an MFA? I do. From where? Regis University. It's a Jesuit school in Denver. These Jesuit colleges define themselves as Jesuit, like... They're always talking about how fucking Jesuit they are. But yeah, they do a low res. So you only have, you don't have to move there. You just go there for these um, intensives like twice a year. Well, I love Denver. You ever been there, Tyler? Denver, no. It's beautiful. You should go. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, just like get an Airbnb and go for like three oh, days. Oh, didn't El Nash used to live there? Yeah, El Nash and Catch. Yeah. Did you guys go to Catch Fest? Oh, yeah. The first one I've been to every catch fest. Yeah, yeah. So you met Carmen and Mary Boo. Oh yeah, love, love them. Have you ever collabed with them? No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no. I like I like them. I think they're great. I've done reads with them. Oh, you uh, have? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess the close. Uh, I mean, the first well, at catch at catch fest, a big event was my buddy Justin put on his birthday party reading for for his birthday in chicago in 2016 mary boo wasn't there but carmen was um but yeah i don't know i hung out with them i, I like them i think they're great we should, the cool thing about catches event especially when it was in denver is it was just like a you're just sharing space with people like you're just like randomly hanging out all day with like these internet people you don't know so i'm just like sitting across the, t- the table in catches backyard from carmen well, she's talking about like her job or some shit, you know, and it's just like really special and you just feel close to people. Um, so yeah, and Mary Boo would always go get wings with me and Lou and shit. So, and Justin, it was a lot of fun. Justin, who? Fife. Oh, I've heard that name. Olive Garden 420. Shout out to the boy. Yeah. Oh, that's him? Yeah. I yeah. Just, yesterday. I love, I love the guy. I really do. Yeah, that's that's part of my in Tyler is like Justin's like my best friend in the world. Oh really? Yeah, and he's an active Twitter person. So like once Justin starts interacting on Twitter, then like other people start interacting on Twitter. So it's like I don't know. Is it's he more of a loner? <laughs> I'm no yeah, he's he, he he has a loner side streak for sure. He's also very loving sweet person um he's definitely been a little more i don't know i don't want to feel like he's been a little more lonerish these last few years but i would not consider him to be a loner no y'all are both smiling when you think about him well he's just he's i don't know he's one of a kind i've never met a guy like justin yeah i agree i mean he's i mean he's a very important person in my life like he came up to me at a party and was like hey i hear you right and I was like, yeah. He's like, we should start a writer's group. And I was like, okay. And then we started one. And it, him doing that was like a 
an absolutely life-changing moment. Like, I would not be speaking to you if that conversation had not occurred, you know? Yeah, like, he, he's the one that made me feel like I could write poems, and it was cool. Does Justin have an MFA? Fuck no. He did apply, though, um, right after college. But it didn't, I don't know. It's it's hard to do that. It's hard to apply and get accepted to places if you don't have, like, a bunch of professors who are, like, advocating for you. And neither of us are particularly good at that part of academic life, that like relationship building, networky part of it. Austin, is it important to you if someone has an MFA or not? I I just think it's funny. I mean, I think like ten years ago, I thought I would want to do that, and now I think it's like a ridiculous thing that it doesn't make any sense to me why anybody would want to do that. But also, some of my favorite people that i revere have mfas would you get an mfa tyler fuck yeah if i could but i'm an undergraduate still for like 10 years what is your major <laughs> my major is english creative writing oh sick yeah has been since like 2010 okay i feel like i've heard you talk about this like you're kind of taking it piece by piece type of thing. Mm -hmm. class by class yeah every semester sometimes i take two it matters what my parents are able to willing to pay. Have you ever had a job? Yep. I worked as a night crew person for five years and 11 months. What does that mean? Like cleaning? Night crew means like stocking shelves. Oh, so. Oh, okay. Doing pallets from the trucks. So you get your headphones in the whole time? Uh, Sometimes, yeah, they allowed it. Sometimes they didn't want us to have headphones. Were you? Do you like to listen to musics music while you do that kind of thing or podcast podcast what's the greatest podcast of all time the greatest yeah i listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts but those Ooh. are usually really shitty if i get like mm. i like the i like longer shitty podcasts that i can like not really listen to while i'm working do you have like a favorite talk radio person or late night talk show host of all time no really if i thought about it maybe what about and, you? Um, I like Click and Clack, but those are just car people. Great. Yeah. They're goats for sure. Yeah. They are. They are fucking good. I really like Food for Thought. That was like one of my favorites. But they're gone now. It's a Tommy Pico one. Oh, yeah. I've listened to that. That was very short lived, yeah. Yeah. They ended it uh, this year or last year. Okay. The controversy. Not really. Maybe I maybe I fell out of it. Maybe I missed something. Well, they didn't say they didn't say what it was, but I asked one of the hosts like if it was coming back, and he was like, "No," because someone stole money from their little company that they built. That's fucked up. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it or not, but I don't think they're listening. <laughs> I mean, this will probably get like thirty or forty listens. What's your rate? Well, that's like the average. If I don't know people. Unless What's I guess your people highest? know you. People know you guys, so they'll probably listen. My highest is Lucy K. Shaw with like 130. Okay. Yeah. Damn, I thought you would be getting more numbers. I'm kind of shocked, honestly. I'm kind of pissed. I feel like the people are are fucking up by not listening to this podcast. Well, it's a very small like community, I think. And a lot of I people in this that, community, but... they're like anti-podcast and they don't like to listen. Sure, but you're you're doing a great a great thing. I guess. I'm surprised that you don't have a favorite talker of all time because I feel like that's 
the whole time I was thinking about doing a podcast, it was because I just revered like Letterman or Howard Stern or whatever. And I was like, I want to be one of those guys. But you don't. Have I like it. like promos, like wrestling promos, because I came up on that. I like Paul Heyman. And I like McFoley. They told they do good promos. Hell yeah. Who's y'all's favorite talkers? It's like a weird, it's weird to ask, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. I love my own talk. Like I think I'm my favorite. There you go. I, Hell yeah. I study broadcasting, so you have to like listen to yourself a lot. So I'm very used to it. And with poems, it's just me talking. You know. Ever thought of doing like an online literary festival? I was thinking about doing that. Like over one weekend, like different presses and publications all like doing different variety of readings or different events disguised as something else but it ends up being a reading i've not heard anyone throw that idea out there i think that's a great idea if someone could because like all these books are coming out in march i think it's like just one weekend like friday saturday sunday all these places held little events online and like maybe if you would have to, to get in you have to buy one of the books that the press is selling that's like a take yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That'd be fucking tight. I don't know. That would make me pay attention to it. I'd be like, oh, damn. There's fucking seven, not 17, but however many, eight readings. What about you, Austin? Would you go to that? No? Well, Ten years ago, I had a, I did a, a live stream poetry reading, like a curated reading series. It was me and a couple other guys. And Rogenbach? No, but it was very... Um, I sort of ripped off Rogenbach to a large degree. Two other guys that were not Steve Rogenbach. We had this thing called Space Dads. It was like an alt-lit poetry reading series that we did like every couple of weeks or something. We had a bunch of cool people on there. And now... I guess that's, you know, since like 2020, that's kind of come back. I feel like Jesse Prado did, was doing one for a while. I've heard mm-hmm. of this called Misery Loves Company that I've never been to, but it seems pretty similar to what we were doing. Yeah. You should um, go to that. It doesn't interest me. But Why not? If you have never I, been to one. I understand the what's cool about it. but it What is just, what's cool about it? You're like hanging with people, you know? I don't know. That's basically it you're hanging with people in there and you can connect with people that you wouldn't run into at an IRL reading. Mm-hmm. If you don't live in New York, then that's basically the point of it. Cause if you live in New York, you could just do it in New York. Although it seems like there are a lot of New York people that end up on these weird online readings. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm seeing misery tourism. Have you ever been, you don't know what this is, Paul? Because I do, I've got, I go to a lot of these. I know what misery tourism is, sort of. I have I have a sense of it, but they've closed it. They don't run it anymore. Okay. But they do the readings every Friday at like. They seven. do this misery loves company thing. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't checked out the readings. Are they cool? Yeah, sometimes they're you know hit and miss, but I okay. I usually like the after readings. Like they have an after party thing where everyone just hangs out. I've stayed up to like four or five in the morning with those people. Just shoot the shit on Zoom or whatever. Yeah. You just fucking talk. Cool. Cool. And it becomes like a hangout spot sometimes if you have like nothing else to do. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, before Zoom or Google Hangouts, all we had was Spreecast. Tiny Chat. There was Tiny Chat, but there was a limit to how many people you could get in the room in there, and there really? wasn't. I've been. I remember the all the Tiny Chats era as well. Did you meet? Did you ever meet Maggie Lee? Yeah. Oh, I mean IRL now. Although I had her sister, I gave her sister two hundred dollars to make me a website. Whoa! And then <laughs> wait, I, Maggie has a sister. I think if I'm recalling this correctly, yes. Oh, I could be wrong. I was on a lot of drugs, but I gave. I think that's how it went. I gave somebody two hundred dollars, make me a website, and I was going to start a zine press or something. And then I was like, I wrote her and I was like, never mind. This was not Maggie Lee, though. Anyways, she was mad. So then I let her keep the $200. I think I have met Maggie Lee in New York. With, with, did Maggie have long hair or short hair? I don't recall. It was like I went to a reading, a, a different reading of Mellow Pages that Elaine's son did. Mm -hmm. And I believe she introduced me to her friend. And I believe her friend was Maggie Lee. And she was nice. Tyler, have you ever heard of Walter Mackey? No, who's this? Mackie was a cool alt-lit gay guy that had an online zine called Screaming Seahorse oh. that I think is gone. But shout out to Walter. I really like Walter. Walter Glee? Walter Mackie. Mackie, okay. I'll look them up. Are they still writing? Uh, last I heard, Walter was in like Newfoundland doing an MFA or something. Okay. And I'm sure, like a lot of people with a good head on their shoulders, has probably disavowed Altlet. <laughs> I remember Walter on Facebook. What would you guys define Altlet? If like you had you had like an online reading and you called it Altlet, or like you had like an in in person event. Tyler, what, made, did, what made it alt lit? Was it just the people that attended or the style? Tyler, how did you find alt lit? What was your in? Uh, Twitter. When? Like 20, I would say like the first online mag, it was like called the Fiddleback, but that's the OSH. That was a magazine like the Oklahoma State like grads, like they ran on their own. And then I started following like the people they followed on Twitter. That led me to like HTML Giant and like Talon and Marie Calloway and like Gian and like Brandon. He introduced me to Gian in a way, or he encouraged me to like email Gian. And then I emailed Gian like a fan letter because I read all his stuff that he held online. He was very nice to me. That's beautiful. Yeah. So that was like 2012, 2013? 2011, yeah. Wow. You mentioned Math Matthias once. Is that one of the people that was like in that early? Okay, moment? Matthias went to a reading series called Funkinitis, which Phil Estes ran down in Stillwater. I met, he doesn't know who I am, but I bought like one of his books. And went to his when, I was, when I was in college, he was doing a PhD at University of Nebraska. And I was in this class, avant-garde poetry. It was like undergrads and grad students, and he was in it. And it was cool. a great class, and like awesome or whatever. I'm friends with him now, but at the time I was just like intimidated by him. It's cool. He's like still in it. He's very like. Oh, he's in it. Yeah, he's a true, true fucking poet. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. 
the question of like what makes an alt alt lit reading alt lit. Um, I guess to me, uh, basically, like, is people from Twitter at the reading? Mm-hmm. Is Twitter a big part of the commonality? Not necessarily Twitter, but it could be other forms of social media. But but yeah, that for me is a big part of it. Is like is, are these fucking Twitter people in terms of style? Like I don't know. There's I don't think there's an alt lit style that I would define particularly narrowly. But, you know, there's got to be a person who's really, who's maybe being funny, and there's got to be a person who's maybe being, like, extra vulnerable or something. Like, mm-hmm. those two factors are usually in the mix. Um, but it's just, like, fucking friends from Twitter. Are they hanging out? If so, then it's an outlet reading. Um, Did you ever meet Sarah Jane Alexander? Uh, so, okay, so when I... When I went to New York this one time, I was hanging out with Rachel Bell, and she was hanging out with Tolly, sort of. I don't know. It was it was odd. Like, I was talking to Rachel, and Tolly's like, hey, man, who are you? Like, what's your name? Like, why are you talking to Rachel? And I was like, my name's Paul. And then he just started, like, being, like, friendly to me in this kind of frat boy kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was living with Sarah Jean at the time. So me and Rachel and some people went over to their spot but uh they hated him i think i think they hated living with him so i think he kind of like crashed something that they had going on and uh then they just kind of went in a different room and it was very uh tense social situation so i don't know if i met her but i was definitely in the same room as her and uh yeah i think she's a great writer nice she seems like a really nice person i've seen sarah in new york a few times i've been at dinner with her or seen her at a reading. She's dating this guy named Jake. Yeah, they're married I, now. I don't He's know a... if they're married, but... No, they he, are. they married. Okay. He makes these awesome sculptures. So Peter BD recently mm-hmm. got to do a week of programming at this gallery, Canada Gallery, and so one night he had a reading and he invited, as is his style, invited a bunch of his friends to just read. But then another night he had Precious Okoyamon like cook a dinner and then another night there was a play and the whole time peter was also curating sort of like there was a gallery show at the same time so um this girl genevieve goffman is that her name she makes the 3d printed sculptures one of her things was up and then jake muhlenberg also had a thing up on the wall that was like these it was like a bunch of fabrics tied together with knots in like a in like a canvas frame. I don't know. I'm not an art guy, but it was cool. I really liked that. Yeah, he's going to school now. He's getting like an uh, whatever artists get. That's equivalent to an MFA. Jake. Yeah. Super nice guy as well, and very handsome. Very handsome. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, have you ever talked to Peter BD? No. You should. You you know what would be really sick is to get Peter BD on this podcast. That would be a get. Maggie that, Lee's the one like was talking about him. I'm like, there's no way to contact him. There totally there is. is email. You can ask. I'll him. give you his email for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. And but no, he's the best. You like it seems like you kind of go off the cuff a little bit. I think you should really delve into his his oove and then talk to him about it. His book though, I am. It's no longer online. Damn, yeah. Well, that's, the, that's one of the ultimate, like, ultimate texts in my mind. For sure. 
When did that come out? His collected emails on Tumblr, which I think are still there. That's still there. I am came out in like 2012, maybe. I don't know. It's real like every every poem was written from the persona of an ultimate person. So it's like mm-hmm. I am on the I am Dirks, I whoever like, and then the last one was I am Peter B D, and it was a great it was a great poem. It's one of my favorite poems ever. Um, Have you done events with them? I haven't. I've I've hung out with him. He when I went to New York, he let me stay at his place, and it was really kind of him. And we hung out and talked a lot. And uh, he's always been a really wonderful presence in my life. And like. I don't know, like when my when my dad died, like he sent me a really lovely email, like just you know we hadn't talked in a couple of years, but he's always just kind of on the periphery and and yeah, I so I haven't done an event with him, but it's one of the I like doing readings, I like doing stuff, I like doing all kinds of shit with all kinds of people, but for the most part, I just let it flow, like whatever happens happens. But Peter's one of those people that I definitely he's on a list of people that I really would love to do something with someday because he's just a great guy. I love him. What about you, Austin? Wasn't the reading I, you were talking about? Was that wasn't that recent? Yeah, I I mean I read at it. I've read at Peter's request at a couple of things that is just like a bunch of altlet people. But um, I think Peter's a great artist. But there are a yeah. lot of people in the altlet scene now and before me included that we're just kind of hanging around trying to like catch a vibe or get some clout or whatever. Mm-hmm. Peter is an artist for real. Um, so the fact that he like curates readings and brings people together, that's not his only art. He really is a, is a funny and whip smart guy. I don't know. Is that a weird, are you allowed to say whip smart? I don't yeah. know. You can compliment <laughs> people. Yeah, I get, I get why you might feel weird about it, but no, I don't think it's problematic at all. He first hit me up in like 2013 on Gchat and was like, yo, and, uh, we connected over how our dads Thank you. were gone, yeah. but uh, we've kept in touch. And then when I, once I moved to Philly, he would just come like crash on my couch sometimes. Um, and we have, you know, various friends in common or whatever. But then anytime I go to like a Peter BD event, it's like it's kind of a who's who of like New York people. It's pretty cool. But also, like, he has haters. I've, I've talked to people recently that have been, like, what? annoyed at, annoyed at Peter VT. I don't know. Are they jealous of him? No, I don't think they have any reason to be. I think it's, I don't know. Everybody has their own idea of what's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So not everybody. Well, he's, he is, like, an anon, you know? Like, he's he's an anonymous entity on some level. Like, he's not. He is Peter. Like, he is a dude who's just Peter. But he, he existed for a while as this anonymous just an email address that sent weird shit to people and i, and I get why that uh, i remember when like there, there was a moment where he was kind of being canceled slightly because why uh, yeah it was because like someone janie smith who had been like an abusive person in the bay area community i believe like had put out a peter bd book or something the, the thing of it was is like uh the people that were trying to cancel peter were making a lot of wrong assumptions about who he was and what kind of uh, background he had and it was just like they all looked like total fools to anyone who who knew anything about him for real mm-hmm. but that tension between how who he is on the internet and like him being like an actual guy who's a beautiful person i could see how that could lead to having haters 
And yeah, when he got canceled, or not, he didn't get canceled, but some people were shit talking him in a cancely way. I was just like, you guys are fucking fools. You have no clue what you're talking about. Part of Peter's art is that he took the Anon thing really seriously for a long time. And not only that, but he curates, he lives his life in a way to curate extra lore about himself. Like he doesn't have a cell phone. He like never has. For years and years and years, he had this like busted ass OG MacBook Pro, like the first generation, I guess. And it wasn't until recently that I think he has a different computer. But every time I would see him with this old, I was like, how is this thing still running? And he just only looks at that. He doesn't like, I don't know. So just like these quirky things about him that are like, just, I don't know, only a beautiful autistic genius could like flip around <laughs> the ass MacBook Pro and make all this work on it. And then there was a picture of him. There was some kind of reading that I guess was like a precious event, precious Okoyaman. Mm -hmm. But then also Peter BD maybe curated it, or I don't know. And then so there's a picture in Art Forum magazine of Precious and Ben Fama on stage and Peter like sitting. You only see the back of his head. I talked to him about <laughs> it. I was like, that was kind of the first time that a picture of you was in print, huh? And he was like, yeah, I was nervous about that. <laughs> like, you weren't allowed to take pictures at his readings for a long time. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. It may be best if he just exists through other people's stories of him. And, like, never really come on here. I think they he's, should just, like, he should. He's He's been on podcasts. But he's been on at least one podcast. Which one? I can't remember, but Other I found out SoundCloud. It's pretty chill. Okay. He's been on a comedy podcast. I can't remember the name of it. My friend Alex Savage has also been on it. He's not averse. Like he, he's, I'm guessing he's choosy, but he's not averse. Um, that's the weird thing about it. He, he's, it's a dual thing. Like he's a totally anonymous, mysterious person, but he's also just like a really. When you meet him and hang out with him, he's just like a really straight up lovely dude who like you feel close to. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, he does develop a mystique, but it's, it's, he counters it with his own just personal warmth that is not mysterious at all. And it's, it's interesting. For sure. Is he like the Banksy of all it? The I mean, kinda, yeah. Banksy. Mm -hmm. Do you, were you guys sad when the Mellow Pages closed up shop? I've never been. Guess. I guess yeah. I, well, okay. So yeah, I I love that place. I only went there once. I went to like three readings in one weekend. I thought it was really cool. And yeah, it seemed like a bummer. But then, uh, not too long later, I I was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I can't remember where I was. Yeah, I think it was Seattle, and I ran into Matt. Yeah. Granite, and he was very like, "Yeah, fuck that place. Like, I'm done with it." Like, uh, oh really? Like, like, fuck that place. I, I, I don't know. He wasn't saying like it was a bad thing. It just seemed like it was a lot of work for him and yeah. he was nice that it was like a chapter in his life that he was happy for it to be over um and he was just like living a more laid back day to day but i don't know i don't want to put any words about his mouth but he's he's a really cool guy and he seemed like fine with it being over you know so if he's fine with it being over then i'm fine with it being over. i'm not super up on this but there is a bookstore in new york now called better red than dead and if i'm not mistaken that's some ex Mellow Pages people are involved in that. Ooh. Tyler, have you been to New York City? Have I been in New York? Yeah, because my 
grandma is buried in Prospect Park because we're oh, Quakers, wow. and there's like a private Quaker um, cemetery in Prospect Park. Wow. So I only been once. I was like in 2018, 2019. Next time you're in New York, I'll meet you there. Okay. I don't know if all of the money to go back, but because we drove, I drove there with my dad, and it was an interesting trip. Yeah, that's a long drive. Yeah, but we went through West Virginia. That was a very interesting, cool place to look at. I did a reading in Norman, Oklahoma once. Yeah, with Mike Young. No, oh. it was at this place called Dope Chapel. Mm-hmm. It was like the day after Christmas, and no one came. Yeah, I bet. What what year? Twenty fifteen, maybe. Okay. Fourteen, maybe. Were you selling a book? Me and my friend Justin, who we talked about, my friend Amanda. We made Amanda is like a a letterpress person. She makes books. She's a bookmaker. So mm-hmm. she made a kind of limited edition chat book uh, of the three of us and stuff that was specifically for that little reading thing we did. And they lived in Norman. No, we all live in Nebraska. But I was I, I I set up a whole string of events, and one of them was in Norman, Oklahoma. Because how do you, you how do you set up events? You just call the bars. Well, it was, it, was a, it was like a DIY venue. It was like a punk rock kind of venue place. Uh, mm-hmm. How I set that one up is I have a friend named Gogo who lives in that world, does a lot of stuff with punker type people. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, I know this guy. I hit him up. So then because I had a connection, he was down to the set for reading. But yeah, it's always, it's always, it almost always works if you have some connection. And it almost never works if you don't. Really? That's my experience, yeah. I mean, if you're not a famous person. Like, if I was, like, if, you know, I'm just, like, a random person. If I was, like, hey, I have this book from this press, blah, 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 then maybe you could make stuff work with with, with a cold call. But, but, yeah, having a connection helps. Does it always break down if you don't have a connection? Yeah. I mean, I, well, it's just, like, there's nothing. Like, one time, what was it? Like, I tried to have an event in L.A., and I hit up someone... We're trying to try stuff in LA, and they lived, they lived in LA, and they're like, this place is cool. They didn't like vouch for me. Yeah, I mentioned they didn't vouch for me, mm-hmm. so then they just never responded to my email. Oh, what about you, Austin? So was, yeah. What's your experiences? How long is this podcast? Do you want to leave? I'm just wondering how long it is. I don't know how long the conversation allows. Have you ever I like the long form. Have you ever met Mike Young, Tyler? You brought him up. No, I just see Mike Young's name everywhere since the eternity of time. The beginning. I met him at Catch Fest. Really? And then what year? 2017? The last one. Yeah, the oh, last one. one. The last and one in Denver. I met him and Edward Mullaney on the same, like at the same reading. That was at, like, it was like an off-site Catch Fest reading. And then Mike hit me up because he was touring the country and he was like he made these cookies and he was driving around reading in people's living rooms giving them cookies so we did a reading in my apartment and he brought sadie dupuis of speedy ortiz Uh, and that was cool i'd never met her i i don't know 
How many people could your apartment hold? At the time, it was a huge leaky loft that was like a converted school building. Whoa. A lot. I threw PWD a Philly book release party for his book, Milk and Henny, and I got a huge bottle of Hennessy and we had a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace to that apartment. I don't miss it at all. What's the smallest apartment that you've had where you've held a reading? Where I've held a read, I should hold a reading in here. Here, I'll show you my apartment. For the for the podcast, you can't really see. Wow. Uh, you know, if you're listening, it's also messy. It's laundry day, and anyways, it's a little room. I should Let's go to your bookshelf. Let's go to my bookshelf. Yeah, are those yeah, all yeah, your books? I really want to throw some of this shit out. And there's a bunch of stuff that I've just been sent. I have like 10 soft school press titles that I'll just probably never read. <laughs> Did you read IQ 1Q84? No. I've I've read other Murakami books, but not that one. It's just there. Who do I like on here? Oh, if you haven't read this, you should. Me and Paul talked about this. I have that. Oh, yeah. You do? Damn. Yeah. It's a rare sorry. one. I know Sorry House. That one's good. What else do I have in here? I got a... Oh, I feel like this is something that you would know, Tyler. Because this is very, like, shabby mm-hmm. doll core. Even what is though... it? I think... Uh... Oh, that's um by Metatron, is... right? Yeah, Metatron. So not shabby doll, but Metatron. Uh, confirmation. Ivana Baranova, I like that one. Here's... Weatherhead, fifty thousand dollars. That one's great. I love that book. Yeah, here's uh, Zachary German. Eat when you feel sad. I still love this book. What else? You guys have Mary Calloway's book? I did. I got rid of it. It was fucking huge. Got rid of it? Yeah, it's annoying. You hated it? Too damn big. I love it. I think she's the best. I'm not sure where my copy is. Actually, I, I, I do know where it is, but I still have it. What do you think of her as a writer? I think she rocks. I think yeah. She's fucking funny. I think uh, the one that went viral, what's it called? Jeremy Lin. No, one before that one. Oh. Adrian Brody? Adrian yeah. Brody. That's so killer. And it's just like such a brutal, like, uh, just a brutal reading of like the bro the bro who wants to fuck the hot chick like she just really nails it uh it's so funny no i think she's great and a lot of the shit she was doing this kind of performance art style shit like fucking with people Mm -hmm. i thought was really really excellent and like i sometimes my favorite marie calway ephemera to revisit is like the html giant posts about her Mm -hmm. where it's just like you have these dudes being like she's 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 a terrible writer but people are paying attention to her why is this and like they're trying to like do these like intellectual understandings of her but they're really just being like misogynist and shitty and it's like it's incredible like she made so many people show their ass in a way that's unprecedented so yeah she's legend i love her she's great did you ever go to any of her readings no okay i mean she was pretty in terms of her being like an irl person i think it was pretty momentary yeah. Uh, and I live in Nebraska. Although I will say this, she did a reading through 
I don't know, one of these coolish reading things. It was Forever, Forever Mag, I think. Oh, really? She was wow. a surprise guest. And there's a photo of, like, these kids from Nebraska who are, like, they're not kids now, but, like, they came into poetry through, like, my writing group and shit. And mm-hmm. there's this photo of them, like, in the background of Marie Calloway reading, and I was just like, man, I did not see this coming. Like, I would never have guessed, but, like, you jokers would be hanging at a Marie Calloway reading. What's your writing group? Uh, what do you want to know? Give me something more specific. So you've had this writing group when Justin told you to start me one? Just, me and Justin started in the late 2000s. 2008. And you still have it it's still going? I mean, it's gone through different kind of phases and, and iterations. Like, it's it's morphed and changed over the years. But yes, like, it is still fundamentally the same thing, in a way. So how do you start one? How do you start a writing group and keep uh, it going? Sorry, is, is just, well, okay, yeah, so Justin hit me up and was like, let's start a writing group. And we, I don't know, like, let me, let me re, reconfigure my thoughts. Um, basically, like, at first, it was kind of a party thing. Mm-hmm. We would have, like, drinking and smoking and shit happening while the writing group was happening. And that was cool, and that was an easy way to get people to come and hang out. And we realized that that wasn't really like helpful toward our aims as like becoming better writers. So we sort of dialed that back as part of the writing group itself. And in terms of like getting starting one and getting it going, the key is just like asking people to come constantly. Mm-hmm. Like every single person you know who's interested in writing, you say in a direct like ask, like, "Hey, you should come." Um, mm-hmm. And most of those people will not come, but some of them will. And the ones that do come, most of them will not come a second time. But some of them will. And usually if someone comes a second time, then they're very interested and they want to be part of the community. So it's just like you really have to be uh, vigilant and like really try to reach out to as many people as you can. And, and so that, that's that's like that's the most important part in terms of getting people in. The most important people getting people to stay there is just having it be a good time, like having it be a nice, pleasant experience where people are having good vibes mm-hmm. and just like it's just like fun and chill and laid back. So So we're not too like it's not like a workshop where we're like ripping each other to shreds or anything. It's just like, it's mostly just like a nice time where people are conversating, but then people also share their work. And yeah, we try to keep it very low key in terms of like, there's no rules. There's no like, you have to bring something to come. Like anyone is welcome. Like just try to create a welcoming, pleasant vibe. And that's like, and that's, you know, that's taking time to learn and figure out how to do that well. But that's the key to sustaining it. That's been the key to sustaining it. And this is held in person. Yeah. We did okay. some online, some some Zoom ones during the pandemic, but it's mostly in person. Yeah, we 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 started doing a thing where people can zoom in. So we'll have like a computer set up, and they'll be like a little floating head, and they'll read their thing. And we'll talk to them. And it actually works pretty well. Um, so yeah, we've had we've had a bit of internet connectivity component more recently. Has um, anyone like gone there and like found like success, like huge success, and then mm-hmm. you got jealous of them and tried to take them down? Absolutely not. I'm not jealous. That's the one thing I'm not. I want everyone to have great success. That's all I care about. I uh, I love my fellow writers. I think they're the best. I mean, I am jealous. I agree, right? There's people that I feel jealous, haterish, feeling sore, but but if Who? I know you and I've had fun experiences with you, then I'm not jealous of you, period. Who? Yeah, who are you secretly jealous of? Name somebody who's like more popular than me, and I probably felt jealous of them at some point or another. Talon. 100%. Blake Butler. 
Uh, not so much. I don't know. He's he's uh, he, what he does is so weird. He does this weird like weirdo fiction thing, and I just don't. I just doesn't interest me, so I'm not jealous of bizarre fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Drake? Here, I'm absolutely jealous of Drake. Justin has a line in one of his poems: "We can't all be Drake." And it's such a great line. Um, hey, Austin, when you went to the Peter B. D. reading, was Goddess Earth there? Yeah, well, she was supposed to be on the bill, I think, and then she wasn't. Really? So she dropped out? Yeah, but... Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hung out with her briefly at a karaoke night once. She's she's cool. She's vibes. Remember when she had... Illuminati Girl Gang? Yeah, and they were selling that in, like, fucking Urban Outfitters. Yeah, really? I do remember that. Yeah, that was yeah. a big fucking deal. Shout out to God. I think they only did one issue where they sold it. It was like the last one. That might be right. Yeah, there's like a few online ones and then one. Something like that. Tyler, would you ever move to Nebraska? <laughs> Maybe. If it if you were guaranteed to get rich and famous after doing well, fuck yeah, I would. All guaranteed to be rich and famous, sure. <laughs> Tyler, who's the who's your literary idol? Like you, like if you could follow in their footsteps and have their kind of career. Marie Calloway. Oh, write yeah. one book, write one book, I got all that stuff, and then never be seen again. Damn, that's bold. Mm-hmm. What about Caroline Calloway? <laughs> oh shit! Wait another person i don't know i don't follow them i don't know them i've seen the she's name like, everywhere yeah she's kind of she's all lit but only barely only just barely on the periphery i remember being on it it was like last year i ended up on a zoom call it was rachel it was really it was caroline calloway calling my friend rachel rachel bell and and Rachel was explaining to Caroline Calloway some like obscure section of alt lit history, and Caroline was like asking questions. This was like right before Caroline went and did some like rooftop reading, and then screamed at a man for talking over her or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know, but yeah, I wouldn't amazing. have her book. But if somebody has a copy of her book, scammer, please send it to me. I will trade you all of my zines for it. <laughs> also Drake's poetry book. I've not read that. Who's your know. literary idol? Me? Yeah. I think like before I would have said Anthony Bourdain. And I still, you know, think he's cool in a certain way, but I don't know. I don't think I have one now. I mean, I feel like hmm. some I would say like I would lump together a bunch of my friends who are writers, but they also are sober and their lives sober mm-hmm. are going well. And that's people that work a 12 step program and also people that don't. I just, I think um, that's the kind of thing that I like look up to these days. It's not so much like what kind of commercial success or like artistic heights you're able to reach. It's like, yeah. can you figure out how to stop being a shit stain? and like some people out in your life what about you paul yeah i mean the two kind of 
Paradigm you like your life? Uh, I mean, I like my life, but I'm not my own idol, no. Uh, <laughs> the, the first one I came out was Joan Didion, just because, like, she's real fucking popular, but seems to be kind of uncompromising or whatever. But I don't know if she passes the, like, don't be a shit stain test. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, that question of, like, people who are artists who live in a way that's really admirable to me, that's an interesting one. But a lot of my artistic art idols are more like performers like actors or comedians and stuff like that at this point i just you know i have a fantasy i go eat a nice sushi meal or like listen to a stand-up special and i'm like that's really sick i wish i could do that but i know i can't because i haven't put like 15 years into it oh, so i'm just gonna enjoy yeah. this guy all doing... right you could do stand-up dude for real tyler have you do you know jesse prado yeah, he was on like my first episode, and then I've never been able to contact him again because like Theo was. Jesse's too big for you now. Damn. Jesse, yeah. Jesse's a comedian. Yeah, he is. That's what I've heard. I feel like honestly, sometimes Tyler, you ask questions that remind me of Jesse's jokes, where it's just like, it's funny because it's awkward. And it almost goes over my head a little bit. Like, I find myself irritated at just, like, the bluntness of it. Me? What did yeah. I ask? Like, your questions and Jesse's jokes are so similar to me. Does he have a stand-up that I can watch? He has, like, a TikTok with stuff. Oh, okay. That's pretty re somewhat regularly updated. When did he start doing it? The late 2010s, probably. He was a poet before that. And his stand-up has... a poetic quality there's definitely like a bleeding between the two at least is my analysis do you remember when spencer madsen was like getting into stand-up and it was going to be a stand-up comedian and then like i don't know what happened with it i don't remember that I... it's like when he was closing up sorry house tyler have you told the story already on your podcast of you trying to get spencer madsen to be on your podcast no i haven't you should tell it now because you've tried to get him right yeah which when story is this have you ever talked to him no i almost talked to him but he didn't he wasn't I got, picking up. i got closed out because we'll see like he has this advertising job now where he helps companies advertise and they're like on the site there's like you can do like a 15 minute meeting if you're like this company that wants to advertise with them you can do it for free so i signed up for a meeting and then, like, the day before, they're like, okay, we need your information or your packet. What is this about? And I was like, oh, I'm not really an advertiser. I'm just some guy that wanted to talk to you guys. And they're like, oh, well, that's not going to happen. And yeah. now I have this, I have this like, website that I'm not really doing anything with. I thought about, like, making a fake company and then, like, redoing it again and trying to go through the process and, like, having, like, fake materials. So then I could, like, get in there and just, like, have a 30-minute conversation with them. Yeah, what would you ask him? Huh? What would you ask him? I'd have to play the part, though, of, like, a fake advertising person. I don't know when I would break. Oh, you would really, like, do it. You wouldn't just be like, okay. I might. Uh, I think I think it'd be fun to play the part for, like, a few minutes. And then, at some point, do the big reveal. I always loved his books of poetry. I thought they were really good. Yeah, he was really good. Like on every interview he would go on, he would talk about how he, how much like he disliked poetry. And I think that just, he manifested that.
And then I think he he's yeah. the book came out on his press, right? It did. Yeah, he put out some cool, some other cool. Yeah, he just like hit well with everyone, and he was a really cool guy. I mean, Mirror's book was like the hit. Yeah. yeah, didn't it? Didn't that book get on like the? I remember that was kind of the first time I noticed Goodreads because it was like number one on their year. Mm. That sounds right. I don't remember that specifically, but she tweeted out something about doing a reading tour in the Midwest. And I just like sent her a pretty long email about all the different Midwest connections I have. And then she was like, hey, thanks for the long email, but we're not going to any of those places. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Where are you, Austin? Have you met Mira? I've talked to Mira. I've never <gasps> met her. What did you talk my... about? Uh, drugs and poetry, I guess. One of my favorite outlet books of all time is selected tweets where Tao and Mira like did like a double uh, what do you call it where two bands do it like a split it's like that yeah. it's from, collaboration yeah it's on um Elizabeth Ellen's press and it's Short flight long drive yeah it's their tweet it's really good I have that and I think that my favorite episodes of uh Brad Listy's podcast some of them have Mira on them. What are your favorite episodes of Brad Listy's? I mean, the Brad Phillips one is number one. I love Brad Phillips. Some people sometimes, do not like Brad Listy. Sometimes Brad Listy is annoying. <laughs> you can turn it off at that point if you find someone annoying. Oh, I have. Okay. <laughs> I've turned off Brad Listy's podcast many times. Yeah. Yeah. What's one that like you just got like the angriest at? <laughs> I think just all that Trump shit when people are losing their goddamn minds over Donald Trump. I, like I don't relate to any of that. I think it's it's alienating. To oh, because you voted for Trump? No. Okay. <laughs> oh man. You plan what? on voting for Trump? I mean, I just want to put on the record: I will never vote for Donald Trump. Okay. Ever. I feel the like worst things could happen, but I don't know. I don't think I would go through all the trouble of voting unless somebody inspired me at this point. Have you ever voted? Regrettably, yes. Why regrettably? I don't know. It just seems like a really stupid thing to do. See, like, this is where Austin and I differ. Let's get ever, into it. Like, you ever, like, put, like... I don't know. I'm trying to think of something relatable. My first thought is like dryer sheets. But the thing is that if you put dryer sheets in the dryer, they do something. But it's to me, like, especially voting for president, I feel like, you know, if you're voting in your like more local elections, then that makes more sense to me. But if you're voting for who's the president of the United States, it's like worse than dryer sheets. It's like, why? what is the point of this? You're going through why do you disagree, Paul? It's not that I disagree. Like, I have no beef with Austin's personal vision. Like, a lot of people I know feel very similarly, and I totally get it and vibe. But I just enjoy voting. Like, I like to read up on the fucking candidates and walk to the weird church or wherever the fuck, fill out the form. Like, just the weird ritual of it I find to be enjoyable. But if anyone were to say to me, like, your vote is meaningless, it means nothing, I would be like, for sure. Like, absolutely. Like, it is just a dumb thing that I enjoy. 
but something about the dumbness makes it more enjoyable for me whereas like i might be for us it seems like the dumbness of it makes it miserable for him you know and that's that's the opposite not that i'm like fuck you austin for not voting you must vote i don't feel that way at all yeah no, austin's like more apathetic like me but i also still vote at the like very lowest yeah that's dope i mean i was also obsessed with cable news and the like politics that get discussed on cable news for yeah. years and years and then i think once trump came on the scene as a serious candidate for president then it kind of lost its fun for me so i'm grateful to trump for that because i would have spent the rest of my life probably like being obsessed with lawrence o'donnell or whatever who is that he's a msnbc guy right yeah he like i don't know blonde kind of he's like the kevin spacey of news anchors is he hot yeah yeah for sure he's like daddy in a way if you were interning for him would you have slept with him (laughs) yeah probably okay (laughs) he does a lot of like look at the camera like it is not okay sir like that type of like uh polemic style newscasting in the trump era i I feel like the comparison to kevin spacey is similar because both of those guys would like Feel you up at a party. Do you think Peter BD votes? Hmm. I that's a classic. What is the name in this podcast? It's a classic lo-fi lit question. Like Thank you asking that. Okay, yeah, I can say it now. Maybe. I don't know. I think you voted for Trump. Guessing. No. I would oh. say Peter BD has voted in his life. No, he hasn't voted for Trump. Who my guesses? I bet he voted for Obama. I would also bet that. Shout out Austin, to... are you black? No, I'm not. The last okay. time that somebody asked me that was... Um... Last night? No. Oh. Uh, I had this... At the restaurant that I work at, there was a general manager who was a black girl. She was really cool. She still is really cool. We just have like some kind of beef these days, but... Um... She kind of was when I started working at the restaurant, she was trying to suss out like am I mixed, but like am I like black or not? So I just ended up coming out and saying it to like let her know where I was at. Um, so then I, that was my first time kind of being asked that and then saying to somebody that I wasn't black, which is not a thing that I usually think about, but um, I'm not okay. So, like, the last person that asked you wasn't white. Well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. How was she trying to suss it out? I mean, I think, well, before she was really figuring that out, we talked about music. Obviously, I listen to black music. We talked about this podcast, The Read, which is, um, you know, white people don't generally listen to that. So I feel like I was signaling that, you know i'm into black shit i guess and so then she was trying to figure out like are you a woke ally or are you black wait is there a difference neither you're not a woke ally hell no you're like more like theo yeah theo and i have a lot in common especially on that spectrum of (laughs) being a woke ally you don't think he's an ally theo 
Well, yeah. I first you gotta. What era of Theo? Does Theo have different eras? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I feel like Theo's in a new era now. Theo's like, a, Theo's like a preschool teacher or some shit now. <laughs> He's a teacher's assistant. I mean, from what I heard, he's like running his own school or something. I don't know. Yeah, let's do 2011 Theo. What was that era like? Was he even around then? That's part of my love for Theo is that I feel like we just have so much in common. 2011, we were both like clout demons. And then now I feel like, in a sense, we're sort of elder ex-clout demons. Although... <laughs> We have a lot in common in that sense. But Theo has lived in New York for the longest time, and I never have. What's a clout demon? I mean, basically, somebody who's trying to hang with people that they think are cool and will sort of, like, show their ass in order to do it. Okay. What's the assiest thing you've shown? That's a great question, but I don't know. I've shown a lot of ass. Which reminds me of, um, well. What, what? What's that? No, I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting What's, question. What's the assiest thing you've shown? I think the assiest thing I've ever shown is in 2018, I was like on a very strong cocktail of drugs that I won't shout out just because i don't know it would be too like cringe to shout out but i was on a strong cocktail of drugs and i was constantly on my instagram stories which were kind of new yeah instagram stories were new and i would just be like hi like making a video of myself talking about some stupid shit and it was always like <laughs> it was always like some kind of anti-woke or whatever like rant that i was on and I saw one. Of the, I saw one of those. I would be like, my face would be puffy from drug use, and my eyes would be like heavy lidded, and I wasn't coherent. And I did that for like weeks on end. And I feel like I feel surprised that I still have friends after that. But yeah, shout out. You had to be there, I guess. But shout out. You don't have Paul. any saved for this podcast? I could put out. There's. I'm sure there's a way to dig them up. Mm -hmm. like if like if i were ever to get like a security clearance at, like I think <laughs> find those and then deny me paul so. have you ever done anything like that uh i mean i don't know i kind of yes kind of no like not quite like i read a lot of poetry that's like very personal and very very revealing about my life and experiences in ways that that is surprising to some like they're just like how could you write about that uh, mm -hmm. type of reaction is something I've gotten, but I've never felt particular uh, insecurity or strangeness about it. I always felt I'm like, pretty okay with it. But but on the flip of like the alt-lit kind of social clout demon thing, I don't know. Like I, I'm a super anxious person, mm -hmm. so I've always tried very hard to never comport myself in a way that I've feel embarrassed by or something so like i don't know it's this weird mix for like if i feel good about what i'm doing or how i'm being then it's impossible for me to be embarrassed about it 
But if I don't, which is often because I'm fucked up, then like I can't help but constantly feel embarrassed. So so it's hard for me to know like sometimes like the stuff that I feel embarrassed about is like just the most dumb random thing that's not embarrassing at all. Whereas mm-hmm. I think it's possible that shit that I have no embarrassment about is like legitimately embarrassing and like weird to some. So I don't know. It's it's uh, weird. But I don't know. I I I used to be the other thing I can mention, but I used to drink a lot and I did a lot of really 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 embarrassing shit all the time then so compared to that i'm doing great you know what was um, your drink of choice whatever but i like drinking beers but i drink anything mm-hmm. it's just what made you what laid to you stopping uh i don't know i just i just felt like i would probably uh it's hard it's hard to say but i mean there's the main factors is like I felt like that my heart might stop for real. Um, two, I had done very serious damage to a relationship that was very important to me. Uh, and three, uh, I just I had this birthday. I think it was like my 26th birthday. I just felt like my whole year, 25, was like I didn't deserve it. Like I didn't earn being a person because I just like was this wasted alcoholic guy. I just like really I never hate myself as much as I did that day and it wasn't that long after that I started to turn things around so yeah it's just that some form of rock bottom or whatever you have better relationships now that you stopped drinking oh yeah big time I have great relationships my relationships are beautiful wonderful things in my life all right no I've become a much kinder and more loving person as a result of not drinking and that's really been awesome obviously would it be just at parties or would it be, did it become like an everyday thing? You know, I was never like a wake up in the morning drink guy, uh, but I was getting, but I was a heavy binger. So I was, mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily a party though. Like I could be hanging out with my boys. Mm-hmm. It's just the three of us, but I'd be binging to a point of blackout. Whoa. So I was getting blackout drunk at least like two or three times a week. Wow. For years. Sometimes more. Um, but no, I never was like, I had to have a drink every day. Exactly. That wasn't me. Did your art get better or improve? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I was afraid about that. Because um, I did a lot of writing when I drink. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, allowed me to unleash these emotions and shit. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just decided that I wasn't going to, like, quitting drinking affect it. Yeah. So I just, like, I don't know. I just really, like, it made it way better. I can't even explain it. I, I just had access to so much more feeling and i wasn't actively hurting myself well i just want to say on the record that i respect i have a lot of respect for the way that you conduct yourself online and just in society because i can't think of anything cringe that paul anson clark has ever done i'm sure your closer friends know of your cringe side but i don't feel like i've seen everybody that's been you know a writer or an online person you know, everybody has a cringe moment. I've never seen one from you. You have practiced a lot of restraint. And then also, I want to say thank you, because in my wildest drug-using days, you would have, like, conversations with me and talk to me like I was a real person, like a friend worth having respect for, which I feel like most people, me included, when somebody is off the rails completely, then I hold them at a distance. But I remember having real conversations with you and being like, wow, Paul really gets me and is cool as fuck. 
Thank you, man. No, I love you, dude. And uh, for me, it was the same thing. It was like the people that tre- treated me with kindness and love, even though I was completely off the rails, like it's it's like the ultimate goodness, you know? Like, so I just try to live that for people as much as I can. And sometimes I, I do better than others, but it is a priority of mine to be like baseline compassionate to all people, but especially people who are struggling with addiction and stuff. Has that ever backfired, Paul, where you're talking to someone that was down on the ropes and they just got really annoying and you're like, I can't keep talking to this person? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't know. There's always, like, I guess yes, but I don't know. I don't want to, like, knock anyone. Like, yeah. it's not because, like, it's just because they're in a bad spot, you know? And, like, yeah. there might be a negative something, but in the grander arc of something, if you're treating someone with kindness and compassion, it's always going to be good in the end it's been my experience but yeah you know being being uh, open to people has had there's been times when i kind of regretted it a bit but but overall no austin when he was talking to you you were like uh this guy again keeps bothering me well, you talk to me like i wasn't hitting him up like that's that's part of my ethics. Oh, okay not, like, well not, i like, mean to people. one night and when i had been smoking meth and i just started dming paul and he talked to me on DM for like an hour or an hour and a half about all kinds of stuff, art, politics, whatever, math. I feel like you can speak to this, Paul, but you have always, I don't know, we've had like a back and forth a couple of times about just like respecting people that smoke meth. <laughs> yeah. I have family that use drugs like that uh, and have had like serious issues related to it. Um, but yeah, I like tweakers because they're crazy. <laughs> and uh, there's a certain, like, maniac passion that I connect with, like, being a tweaker that I still mm-hmm. vibe with, even though I... Uh, Me too. I never got heavy into anything like that. But I still feel like it's part of who I am. Yeah, Tyler, you know anybody that smokes meth? Um, I know a few writers I do. I don't judge them. It's all up to them. Whatever they want to do, they can do. I don't look down on anyone. You ever tried it? No. Really? Really. I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like, I guess people do meth down here. I don't know anyone. People do meth everywhere, man. Yeah. One of my bosses used to do meth, but then she stopped. She was like, she would just like draw like. Crayolas all day. I was like, I guess that's what you do. You mess. Yeah, there's a lot. You can I do. take Adderall, but I don't think that's. It's not that different, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not that different. I know. You take big dumps when you do meth, Austin. I mean, like, yeah, meth and heroin are similar in that, like, puking on heroin is glorious and euphoric, and when you're on meth, like, anything having to do with the inside of your butt is the same way yeah (laughs) yeah so shout out to those real life human experiences that are available to pretty much everyone have you put (laughs) anything in your butt austin while you're on meth? i put all kinds of shit in my butt my friend yeah (laughs) like what yeah like your hand is this a paywalled episode or not like your full fist? Have you put your full fist up your own butt? I never had a fist up my butt, no. 
Okay. What but, about uh, a Darth Vader action figure? Didn't haven't tried that. I don't know that I've ever held a Darth Vader action figure. I'm not Have you been pegged? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, shout out to pegging. Do you think it's homophobic of you to not want to put anything up your butt? Oh, maybe, yeah, a little. Like, I don't know. Like, I, it's it's kind of like a, a repulsive uh, like feeling that makes me feel like it might be problematic or to do with some weird part of my psychology or something. Do you ever think about pivoting your podcast to like a love line kind of thing? Where you're like, no, I'd be the worst at that. Taking, taking callers and giving sex advice? No, like Dr. Ruth, no. No, like Dr. Drew. Well, Dr. Ruth, too. Yeah, you gotta love those. I think you can do that, Austin. I mean, hell yeah, fuck it. I love talk radio. I used to... My aunt gave me a, a Walkman that only had AM, FM radio on it when I was, like, 11. And I mm -hmm. used to... My parents would say, okay, it's time for bed. And then I'd go to bed and I'd put my headphones on and I would listen to Loveline. And it was raunchy as hell. And then if I was up really late, I would listen to this other show, Tom Likas, which was way more raunchy. And I think he was only like a in the South radio. Mm -hmm. But he would he had like there were like racist people calling in, you know, all kinds of sex and drugs stuff on that. That was um, an early intro for me into some like seedier counterculture type shit. It was like Howard Stern, but in the South. Yeah, and I think, uh, I don't know. I didn't listen to Stern until later, once I got really into, like, interviewing as an art. And then I realized, like, how great Stern is, but I don't know. Stern is like Theo, like, he's had eras, you know? You think Theo has eras? Paul, do you think Theo has eras? Uh... I guess to me, Theo has been a pretty consistent presence who hasn't seemed to have changed, but I don't know Theo super well. I will say the kind of like elder quality. I, I do think Theo has a certain elder quality that they didn't used to exhibit. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember meeting Theo and they gave off the exact same vibe that they give off now. So I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings on this one. We all have I suppose. Did you guys have conflicts? No, no, I love Theo. Theo and I get along great. Like, uh, I, I disagree with, like, many of Theo's uh, ideas about life and society. Um, but we can talk about that stuff in a very straightforward way, and it's fun. Like, I like, I, there's few that I've gotten along with better than Theo, honestly. Like, the first time I hung out with Theo recently, like, just him, just me, or them and I, we went to Austin's restaurant in Philly, and, like, after that night, I was just like, man, I really get along great with Theo. Like, I haven't gotten along this well with someone in years. Like, it was uh, tight. So, what do you no, disagree no with him about? Uh, you know, we've gotten into it here and there. Like, the most recent one I remember is they were saying that, like, um, something about how, like, the neoliberal agenda is, like, promoting trans identity or some shit. And I was just like, you sound like Ron DeSantis, dog. And mm -hmm. Theo was like, no, the, and then Cherry started taking Theo to the woodshed, and and then we had a DM back and forth where they were telling me some shit about someone in their life who I, I don't know. It was it was an interesting conversation, but yeah, sometimes they'll kind of go off on these 
sort of arch conservative yeah. cultural style takes that I just find repulsive. Well, what's funny to me is that Theo has a lot of friends that they seeming that he seemingly that disagree with him, you know, like yeah. he is just able to be, coexist with people like the bumper sticker. It's dope. Although <laughs> sometimes I wonder, like, like what you were just bringing up, Paul, like, I don't know. It seems like some people like, why do they have Theo around? But I don't know, I guess because Theo is just at his core, like a lovable person. True. Yep, yeah, I agree. He was legit. I just never felt bullshit by Theo. I'll say that. I feel like he's bullshit me twenty four seven. That's why I like the guy. That's a good point. That's different. That's like an honest bullshit. You know, like I love people that you know they're full of shit. Yeah, I don't. Um, I disagree, Tyler. I feel like you probably bullshit Theo. Probably bullshits you because I've been in that group chat that the two of you have. And you will ask a question that's like intentionally, intentionally obtuse or ignorant mm-hmm. to like rise out of people or get a reaction. And Theo's not ever on that time. Theo is like, <laughs> Theo will get into some weird, you know, tangents or kind of out there things, but he's always very upfront about it. Like, look, this is what we're on and this is how we're rolling. Well, but me, I- when like his second time on the podcast, he kept telling me he like had this book out and you like put it out through the trump like social media and all of them were just like clearly fake and lies and i love that part i love when he's overdoing it and making everything hyperbolic okay yeah, i know what you're saying yeah, yeah, yeah that is a terrible lie but i feel like you but he's talk- like it's in it's entertaining so i don't really give a shit like yeah, it's like no one's really that no one's really listening to this so just do whatever you want I wouldn't call it a lie. I would call it entertainment. He's playing a character of himself. I would Who has me president? Who has me blocked? Yeah, <laughs> you blocked? No, who who does? Someone you said someone had me blocked in your yeah. Chat. Someone has you blocked in the group chat and they can't add you. Who? We don't know. Oh, We've been trying to figure it out. That's a mystery. But Austin, you haven't figured it out. I had to check and make sure it wasn't me because I think I have muted you before, Paul. Whoa, for sure. Why? But me and I don't think I have you muted. Either. Did you find Paul annoying? Yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot. I, I spend so much time on Twitter that I get annoyed at it. But for the most part, I'm just annoying myself. Like, mm-hmm. am I on Twitter? But overall, I do not find Paul annoying. I find Paul's presence very calming and reassuring. Have you met Jacob Meyer? Yes, many times. Yeah. Yeah, I met Jacob in Minnesota at a room to see Rockenbuck set up, and we really hit it off. And I've hung out with Jacob a couple of times since then. Little Jacob. Mm-hmm. What about Jacob's you? The best. No, I've never met him. I feel like we've interacted a few times here and there, and I have read his poems and enjoyed them. I, uh, AWP Philly. I I get I go there for work, so I get my hotel and shit comped. And Jacob and Theo wanted to go, so I've been trying to do this thing where I just let people stay with me, um, so they don't have to pay for housing or whatever. But one night, Jacob and Theo were both posted up in my hotel, and it was really, I don't know, it was a funny collision because uh, Theo's this like conservative 
culture warrior or whatever. And Jacob feels a little more like lefty guy. It was just funny. But they got yeah, on great. surprised they had him on Peach. But I guess they like the work. They don't? Yeah, no. I'm... Peach. Because Jake but... runs Peach with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. So what was that like? Was... How, how the night end? It was really low key. We we're just kicking it in the hotel, and I can't remember who was there first. It's like one of them was leaving, and the other one came. So it was like okay, from like nine to one a.m. Uh, we all kicked it in my room together, just shot the shit. One thing I remember that's kind of funny is Jacob said, like this is a pretty close to exact quote. Said like, "Yo, I have a question for you. Who is Honor Levy?" <laughs> and it was <laughs> It was just really funny. I don't know. It was and that? the theater just ran it. And like an outlet, like Times Square uh, personality. Oh. I yeah, love podcasts. I love Honor. I think she's great. She's so, so funny. She had a podcast. What was that called, Austin? Wet Brain with Walt. Yeah. That was a great podcast. I really missed that podcast. I listened to that, all of it. What's her name, Anna Levy? Honor. Honor. Yeah. She was going to get published by Gion, but then he died. Yeah, supposedly her book is still coming out. It's called My First Book. I haven't read it because um, I'm not really friends with her, but I think she's so great. Are you barking right now? that I bought earlier. I can't find it. I got a prickly pear kombucha. Oh, hell yeah. Here it is. Brew Doctor. Macro Brew. That's a kombucha? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what's your restaurant that you worked at? Um, It's a restaurant here in Philly. I make sourdough wood-fired pizza. And then oh, the rest cool. of the restaurant is like natural wine and small plates. But I don't know anything about wine or plates. I just make pizza. Has Sebastian been there? Yeah. Um, really? Because Graham got him to come through. Um, so Sebastian came with like his, I don't know, girlfriend or wife, whichever. Yeah. Shout out to Sebastian. He's cool. When did that happen? In the last year. Okay. And I don't really kick it with Sebastian like that. Um, I just feel like we, uh, I don't know, we're different. But I think that he's really cool. And I, I haven't read his new book, but I remember liking his other book. At first I hated it, and then I read it again and I liked it. The one that's called <laughs> Yeah. Um, and he seems extremely smart. What about you, Paul? But, Have you read Sebastian's work? Uh, a little online here and there, but and I read a lot of his writing on Twitter, but um, never read his books. But this, I really liked your interview with him, Tyler. Oh, thank you a lot. And it made me want to read that book quite a bit. I think I will read it. I just reading's not a huge. I'm not good at like having it as a habit, so I, so a book is a bit daunting. That's why I like poetry. But um, no, I met him in Philly recently, and it was really funny because um. There's a reading inside his bookstore, and Theo was right outside and just like being s- super fucking loud, just like ranting and raving. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're being extremely loud and like anyone that's inside that reading cannot hear you. All they hear is you fucking talking. And then Sebastian was like, uh, he's just joking, but he made a crack about how I shushed him. And I felt so bad because I hate shushing. Like I'm, I'm against shushing, like morally I'm opposed to it. I was like, no, I'm not a shusher, please. Uh, but he's a nice guy. I liked him a lot. I, yeah, I'd love to read that book. Where and was yeah, the Shout out the bookstore or whatever. The bookstore was uh, Lot 49, is that what it's called? Hmm. Lot 49 in Philadelphia. They've moved since then, but it's still the same. Austin, what's the name of your restaurant? I'll DM it to you later, but if you just Google sourdough pizza Philadelphia, it, I guess it's the first one to come up. I just don't feel like saying it because it's not my restaurant. Like I was a chef there for like six months, but I've since stepped down to back to line cook and I don't have any equity in it. And, you know, I don't, people say that it's a racist restaurant or whatever. So I don't, you know, I have no okay. reason to like shout it out. What did they do? I, I don't know. They, they prefer white people. They've done it's I don't know. For the same reason people call anything racist. There was some infraction along the line somewhere. Like, you what felt, is, did they put like cockroaches in black people's food? I mean, have I experienced racism? No, but again, I'm not black and I feel right. like the people you know, black people experience racism on a whole different level than someone yeah. like me who is Absolutely. white and for all intents and purposes i am white i mean white people know i'm not white but you're white um have i experienced racism no but also like i feel like the people that were harmed in that way also experienced in another thing which is that they don't have a million dollars to own a restaurant so we're all of us are mm -hmm. just sort of like shit heel workers to people that own the restaurant you know, although mm -hmm. the people that own the restaurant are genuinely nice people and they're trying, they're just like millionaires that are kind of clueless, all of them, which I would say to their faces. I'm not worried about that. I like them all. But um, yeah, I don't know. The restaurant game is like, is, is a weird place. Working in a restaurant is weird. People that uh, own restaurants are weird. People that are obsessed with restaurants like me are weird. Like you could just do anything else with your time, energy, and money. Do you work at Papa John's? Oh uh, no! Okay. Although, if I owned a Papa John's franchise, I'd be making more money than I do right now. <laughs> Have you thought about it? Oh uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I have a couple of friends who are older than me that have started their own pizza businesses. One, I guess, younger than me. I know this kid, Garage. The 21-year-old Indian kid that has, like, a pizza business. Shout out to that guy. What's your favorite pizza? Me? Yeah. The pizza I make, I think I, I signed on to a restaurant when it was already well on its way conceptually, and it had started to get a bunch of local media attention for being really good. And uh, it hasn't sort of followed up with any of that, really. We sort of, like, stayed kind of mid i guess for a nice restaurant but um the original chef who came up with the the dough recipe really knew what she was doing uh her name is anna shout out to chef anna so it's just if you get the dough right pretty much in any kind of restaurant if the dough is right it doesn't really matter kind mm -hmm. of the rest of it because you have good bread 
And I recently went to a restaurant. Me and Justin were talking about this. We both separately ate at this new restaurant. And the chef is supposed to be like, you know, know what he's doing. But both of us didn't like it for different reasons. And for me, it was that the focaccia was fugazi. It was absolute bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, it was just not good. So, like, I don't know. what I'm going to trust a chef that can't even put out a decent focaccia. I'm not interested. Paul, so, what's the best pizza in Nebraska? Uh, there's a definitive answer to this question. It's called Yaya's. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's in downtown Lincoln, and it's uh, it's got kind of like a cracker-ish style crust. It's like, feels like it's only like 75% pizza, truly. Mm -hmm. But it's the kind of place where, like, if I want Yaya's, like, like I, I have a, it's not if I'm yearning for pizza, I get Yaya's. It's if I'm yearning for Yaya's, I get Yaya's. You know? oh, okay. It's also just a cool spot like it's a great vibe it's really cool the guy who owns it's cool he's he's let us do poetry readings there a couple times uh yeah love yaya's yaya's shout out yaya's so austin if you work at a pizza place do you ever get sick of pizza i mean i'm kind of obsessed with pizza i've eaten pizza a lot in philly in new york and texas and pretty much anywhere that i go canada do you get cheese or do you go for pepperoni what's your go-to i mean real heads no you get the plain cheese to find out if the people are full of shit or if they know how to yeah. make a pizza. But I also, when I put something, when I cook a pizza that I'm really proud of, it's like some weird stoner vibes shit. Like one that I really <laughs> love. I made a hot honey that had like habanero and jalapeno. And then I smoked it with mesquite wood chips. Mm -hmm. And that was just like one component of the rest of the pizza. It's like out there. So I respect, I respect a lot of different kinds of pizza too. There's different styles. You like the pineapple? Hell yeah, whatever. Yeah. How do you feel about pineapple, Paul? Uh, yeah, and I'll get it occasionally. It's not like in my rotation per se, but I occasionally I'll feel it, feel an urge toward it. Um, I went to had last time I came to Austin. He like kind of went on, a, went deep into this like mesquite smoke anything with the pizza and like how he had achieved it and shit and it was one of the like just kind of greatest like things i've listened to <laughs> like, I, like i told my mom about it i was just like i, I think about it I, I love that conversation also i thought it was so great nice like, you're a, true, uh... a random boomer came to the restaurant and then left a yelp review and it was all about that mushroom pizza with the hot honey on it and he just like he wrote like a sonnet basically it doesn't wow. rhyme I don't know if sonnets rhyme. It might not be a sonnet. No, I don't think they do rhyme. About pizza than poetry. <laughs> I guess I'll let you guys go soon. Is it seven thirty? Tyler, where do you eat pizza? What's your favorite pizza place? Pizza places in Tulsa. There's one called Fuck. I forgot what it's called. Andalini's, and it's like they have this like award-winning pizza, and they go over they do competitions over another places and win awards but it's really good pizza so what have you ever made made pizza Tyler? no i have not i made like in the microwave i've also worked at a pizzeria as a cook yeah yeah i'm not How as long? esteemed as austin uh for like three years why'd you get fired i didn't get well actually it's not i got fired it's like I kind of got fired, but basically what happened is I was unreliable. Well, I was reliable, but I showed up late because I was always partying. 
Yeah. But get there. But the owner, her name was Usha, and Usha's son moved back to Omaha. And uh he just won more shifts. So then like oh. they just started scheduling me less, and then suddenly they just like weren't scheduling me at all. And then I just like stopped showing up because I was getting scheduled. So they never were like, You're fired, Paul, but it was weird. I think that's a decent way to go. It's just, like yeah. getting less scheduled and like, okay, I'm not gonna show up then. Tyler, why do you want to end the podcast? Why not just go until like Okay, let's keep going. All right. We're, we're, we're I in. mean, let's talk it out though. What are the obstacles? Are you gonna have to cut it down to a certain length? Yeah, I was thinking about two hours. But if we keep going, I don't really care. So then if we keep going, then you'll be faced with more difficult choices about what to cut. Yeah. Mm, interesting why not just cut it down to one hour oh that's impossible because there's too much too much great stuff <laughs> yeah but you could just pick the best stuff what's the best stuff like basically anytime we say theo or marie calloway keep that and then everything else like just cut it randomly i have to keep the drug stuff the dark mm, stuff the salacious yeah. materials hour of drug talk until you have way too much and then you have to cut it all the the up your butt part was pretty pretty solid. You know, must uh, keep. I feel like I said that twice. Have you ever uh been with a sex worker? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. No. Not yet. One day. People have asked me, like girls have asked me that. Like before I was in the relationship I'm in now, I was with some girl and she's like, Have you ever it's paid for sex and i was like no and she seemed distrustful is that like a negative thing to do i don't know no it doesn't seem i don't think it is it seems chill. i don't like give a shit yeah so i'm silly. like holding back my theo level take right now uh was it very uh, conservative you hate uh, it yet you've done it no i don't hate it it's no. a way to shame yourself uh no okay no i mean i i think i've had all kinds of different sex not all the kinds because there's a lot of different kinds but i've had different kinds of sex and my favorite sex is in like a monogamous relationship with somebody that i really care about mm. lame okay we're moving on <laughs> I feel about... the thing in this is it's just like Personally, like the idea of like taking a girl out to a nice fucking place and buying her like jewelry or something. Like that's not a thing that I like have done very often, but then her like wanting to fuck you because of that is like that excites me. Like that type of like exchange turns me on for some weird reason. Yeah, you part of shit. You're like basically a right wing podcast for me as well. Mm-hmm. No, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I love, I also just love going on a date. Going on a date is sick. Going out to a restaurant, because restaurants are cool, because people are like kind of low key doing art in restaurants. Mm-hmm. But then they're Were also you-, you. And then you and another person are like a, sharing an experience and getting fed, and you have to get fed. Were you disappointed with Catch Fest uh, ended? I'll go. Um, Kind of, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Ketri started it, so it sort of has a new beginning, but I really love Ketri Fest. I thought it was really unique and very special. And 
there was definitely a, a void left that I felt was a bummer. At the same time, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for Catch, and I understood why she decided to take a pause with it. And I was fully, like, on board. Like, I wasn't, like, I don't know. It's not like I thought it was the wrong call or anything like that. But, but yeah, I did miss that that annual gathering. I, I thought it was really beautiful and special, and I did kind of miss it. What was the pause that you both took? I was just curious if Austin was going to say anything. I'm also curious what Austin has to say. Austin's smiling like he knows something mischievous that he doesn't want to talk about. I mean, I think the pause was on my part because, uh, I don't know, I've, I've been very close with Catch in the past. We dated previously, so we were really? just talking dates and sex, and then you were like, what would you think about Catch Fest? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, was like, I don't know any privy information to who dated and who didn't. Um, no, I think it's really Catch Fest is dope. I think, and I'm excited that it's continuing. I didn't really show up for the recent events, but I have been out to readings in the in Philly recently, and um, it seems like she's sort of plugged in to the literary scene here in a way that I think is good for you know the the literature culture book when did culture. you take catch um i don't know not for not for the past couple of years like 2018 2017 something like that yeah but we're we're still friends and um i just also just respect her as an artist and also um you know the other thing that's not an artist where she had this incredible reading series festival thing in colorado and then she moved to the east coast and continues to do it like that takes a separate kind of know-how and courage than just like writing poems or stories or whatever yeah so i got mad respect for her She's are you really like, close to her paul mm, yeah I, I guess i mean i don't know i it's not like we talk all that much and it's not like we've hung out a super long amount of times, but, but yeah, I do feel close to catch. Like I feel a certain, I'll just share a story. Um, when Lou and Jess got married, catch came to that wedding in Chicago and I was there as well. And, uh, I've been having a difficult, uh, trouble with a friend that I won't detail here, but, um, catch gave me a tarot reading and it was just a very like intimate, experience where i just felt very comfortable sharing like serious real shit in my life with catch and i felt like she respected it and got it and believed it and it was like a really cool like i'm not super into like that type of woo-woo shit but i've done it here and there and uh it was like the best tarot reading i've ever had so so like there's just stuff like that that's just one example but there's just things like that with catch where i'm like i do feel close to her um even though like we don't talk that much and but yeah whenever i have interacted with her i felt like it's like cool or special how do you feel about Shy Watson? Have you met guys met her? Yeah. Yeah. I love Shy's great. Shy's terrific. Um I met th- I met Shy through Catch. It, I think the first time I met Shy was at that reading in Chicago that I alluded to that Justin set up for his birthday. Um and yeah, I don't know, Shy was a was a fi- fixture at the Catch Fest. And and yeah. I hung out with Shy once in Tampa during an AWP, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, like I feel much closer to Cash than I do to Shy. 
but I like Shy. I think she's a great poet. So, oh, you awesome. Yeah, exactly what Paul just said. Well, like if you Shy. dated Catch, I know Catch and Shy are like really good friends. You probably have met Shy then, right? Oh, for sure. I met Shy. I mean, I remember Shy was on Sean Conroe's podcast. I liked that episode of that. Um, Shy was also connected to this group of like, you could call them e girls in New York. E girls? That, like, <laughs> those, all those gals are really cool. Who? And like who? They're, uh, you know, Shy is cool in, in a sense that she can move through different crowds. I feel like Shy and Theo are similar in that way. <laughs> Although, I don't know if Shy would appreciate me. Didn't they live that. together? Yeah. They might have, yeah. yeah. I believe so. They totally did, yeah. That Shy... is a beautiful backyard also. One point I'll add about Shy. Shy's from a fucking totally shithole middle of nowhere town in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I'm from a totally shithole middle of nowhere town in Nebraska. So just like people who... Uh, can move in cultural circles but are from that like really like impoverished shitty background i just like that alone like i just vibe which i was like fuck yeah dude um so yeah that's a cool thing who are these e-girls that you're talking about austin i mean you know i'm not really plugged into i just know this i feel like shy was friends with this girl rachel rabbit white who you might yeah So Rachel Rabbit White had like sort of a a crew of gals. And I'm sure that you, you know, if I I don't, I never hung out with this crew. I just have had a lot of friends sort of be um, at different times plugged into a certain scene. Was that like Ben's crew? Ben Fama? Yeah, I think Ben was definitely around them. You think Um, Ben is an (laughs) e-girl? I love Ben. So nothing that I say about Ben is shit talk. It's all from love. But 100% Ben Ben Fama is an e-girl. All right. But he's a, a beautiful man and a wonderful poet and a person and a friend. Cool. How'd you first meet Ben? Me? Yeah. We're going to go uh, through everyone. I mean, I think I ran into Ben once I started hanging out in New York. I moved to Philly and I had never hung out in New York before that. So that was like 2017, 2018. I started popping up in Philly and I'd just be like at the bar or at a party or something. So I saw Ben once or twice. But I think since then, we both sort of like cleaned up our act to some degree. And so now I count Ben. Now I count Ben as a friend who is like um, further along in his journey than me and mm-hmm. on like a spiritual mm-hmm. journey um so yeah i look up to him and i think that he's great austin from day to day what is catch's life like is it always exciting you really should like patent this or, or bottle it. whatever you it's something in your literal testicles that, like what from your testicles goes through your brain and then out your mouth I, it's really beautiful and i respect it and if you would just um, I think like ratchet up this sort of this uh, angle that you have. Like you could get more than thirty or forty listens. What angle? Um, I don't really know what Catch's day of day is. I know that she has a day job. Um, I know that she also has a strong spiritual practice. Uh, I know that she has a cat. 
Um, no, like when you dated though, day to day, like six in the morning, you guys wake up, you guys just talk, talk about reading and writing. <laughs> Sorry, just. <laughs> Did you do meth with a catch? <laughs> Some of the, my kombucha went down the wrong pipe at a long time. Um, <clears throat> no, we actually, I think we kind of got sober at the same time. Oh, from meth? No, I don't. I, oh. if you had to guess, I would say she's probably never done meth, but I don't know. <laughs> I think she probably, um, no, I don't know. I feel like you should do a whole other podcast. You should have me and catch on. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. You don't think she'd go for that? Uh, I don't know. I definitely, I listened to her, to you interview her. And I probably wouldn't have listened to the whole thing because, uh, I don't know. I just don't listen to podcasts like that. Yeah. But I was really interested in what she had to say. About what? Just whatever. I mean, I feel like you talking to her was, I guess, more than I've talked to her in a long time. Oh. So it was great to listen to for that reason. Um, but you definitely asked her some funny questions that I was like, why the fuck would you ask that? That's such an idiotic thing to ask. Like what? I, I really like, I kind of respect it because I feel like to some degree you're just asking questions innocently. And then sometimes it's obviously on purpose. So it's hard to tell. And that like dis- the way that it's impossible to distinguish is kind of the art of what you're doing. I, I think it's great. You think I'm doing it right now with you? I mean, right now, no, you're just asking me, do you think that you're doing it? Okay. But a few moments prior, absolutely. About what? I think even asking about what is like back in that zone. <laughs> what you really need is somebody that can volley it back with you. And I haven't listened to all your podcasts, but I was kind of hoping to do a one-on-one with you because I thought that we could get sort of more into the weeds about that kind of thing or have a volley. And then you were like, well, let's have Paul on. And I was like, well, okay, fuck. I have to be on my best behavior when Paul's around. <laughs> Why? I can't like I can't like sort of get get in the get in the mud with Paul around. We gotta have a sober conversation about poetry or whatever. You can get in the mud. <clears throat> I'm a mud mud man. That's well, I feel like we're there now. We're in the mud. Paul, so what what, is- what information do you think I have more context of that i would blatantly omit austin i mean i don't know if i was like uh if we were like in court and i was like the lawyer that was working against you there i would have gone through hours of your podcast and like written it down and i you know i I would whip your ass in court if you were trying to argue (laughs) that you don't do a weird bit where you're asking stupid questions like you would Mm -hmm. lose that the judge would like sentence you to a fine or something but um you know i again i think it's part of your art and it's one of the redeeming qualities of your podcast when you were dating catch how much did you hang out with shy a few times yeah yeah i think also um i want to shout out my friend kayla jean who i think her and shy both now live in West Virginia, mm-hmm. is that true, or maybe it's just Virginia. By uh, Scott McClanahan. 
I think I it's Virginia. Yeah, I don't know the difference between West Virginia and Virginia. West Virginia is West and Virginia. Mm. But uh, yeah, shout out to Kayla and Shy. I like. I think Shy is is cool. I mean, like Paul was saying, her ability to move in different circles and scenes, and then also like take her literary craft seriously. I remember once we had like a weird little reading at my home in South Philly where I had roommates mm-hmm. and shy was in town and she read a story that she had and it was just like art in a way that like we had some other friends over and we all kind of did like a friend reading and we, some of us had poems. Didn't shy and, stay with catch? Yeah. I mean, not at times I don't yeah. think they live together. But... I thought they did. Yeah. Oh no. No. Because I read an interview where Shy was saying like she would go over to Catch's place and Catch would go to her job and then Shy would write for like four hours every day like on her book. Mm. My, my, that might have been someone else. No, that sounds right. Yeah. It wasn't like they full on lived together. It might have been like a temporary thing. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I'll I kicked re- it with Catch and like, Shy. Huh? Well, Paul, I was just gonna say I kicked it with those fools, catch and shy in Philly, a yeah. few months ago. Yeah, at the reading. Uh, it was after reading. I mean, oh, okay. shy went over to catch his apartment and kicked it for a while. What do you guys do together? You talk about writing and reading, or uh, you know, not really. I, uh, it was interesting. Like, I never kicked it with just the two of them. It was interesting to feel their friend vibe in a way that I hadn't felt before. Are they like besties? They seem very close, but they also seem like, you know, sometimes people that are close, they have uh, tensions between each other. That, really? Uh, like what? I don't know. I can't speak to it specifically, but I just sense that, like, I don't know. I have friends who, like, I just say shit. I know it kind of fucks with their head. And, like, this is part of our dynamic. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, not that exactly, but, like, I just felt like they had that level of closeness where, like, you can have, con- like, someone, if you're truly intimate with someone, you can have conflict with them. And that can yeah. be part of your own relationship. And it yeah. seems like that level of intimacy. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about, you know, whatever we're, we've kind of been discussing the online literary scene the whole time. But you see like real friendships sort of get born or blossom out of it. And then, you know, I feel like all of us kind of have, I don't know. That's definitely one of those friendships, Shy and Catch. That is beautiful, and like Paul said. Did you ever meet Elle Nash? I've never met Elle. You haven't? I thought thought Catch and Elle were close. They were, but she never came to Catch Fest. Oh, I thought Elle went to the first one. She might, I could be wrong on that, but like I was at every one, and there's definitely days of it that I wasn't there. She, She might have been there when I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Our paths might not cross, but but yeah, I never met her at Catch Fest. Well, you awesome. No, I've never met Elle. Although I think we currently follow each other on Twitter. At times we have followed each other, and then not. I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't even know that. I, I think I've read. I think the only thing I've ever read by Elle is like. Um, it's like Elizabeth Ellen and Elle Nash, and then 
who else is in it? Julius Gorya. No. Yes. Here, I'll pull it out of my bookshelf. It's this. Oh, I know. Elizabeth Ellen, Mary Miller, and Elmer. Yeah, yeah. And Talon like went on tour, and he brought Elizabeth Ellen with him. Of course, he did. He brought Mira because I guess they were touring on selected tweets, and then he brought this guy, Uzodinma. I forget his last name. And oh well. in Chicago, and I had to work. I worked at a hotel at the front desk, and so I couldn't go to the reading because I had to be at work at like 11 p.m. Ugh. But then they all turned up at my at the hotel I worked at. Nice. Checking in. So then I got all the books that I would have bought from them at the reading, including this one that had L in it. But I, I Did you like I, hang out with them when they're at the desk? Um, I mean, we, we chatted. I feel Did like you I scream had, when they walked in the hotel? I was surprised. Because <laughs> you were fantasizing about that moment happening before it happened. I really wasn't. You knew there was a chance that they could stay at the hotel. I really was not anticipating that at all, but I was pleasantly surprised, especially because I love Cal. I, Did you I, start freaking out when they walked in, though? Yeah, like, the yeah. look on your face did it go through a series of, like, weird emotions? It was definitely interesting. Cal was rocking this mustache at the time. What? And it looked funny on him. Um, like an evil millionaire? Like Vince McMahon? Uh, maybe. I mean, more like a weird, just like a weird Asian guy. Talon is on my top three weird Asian guy list. I he's really weird. Is he like five two? I don't know. No, no. Oh. He's he's like, like Tom Cruise. He's probably like five eight. Okay. Paul, have you met uh Talon? Um, I've uh I emailed him like twice maybe. I saw something on Tumblr once that was funny and I screenshotted him and emailed him and he responded like he he or some bullshit like that. So I think that's my interaction I've had with him, but uh I've never met him though. There was a lot of us he heeing back in the day. Oh, did you ever meet uh Evil Mountain? Oh yeah. Yeah, I love Mountain. There uh Mountain was a catch fest. And yeah, I don't know. Mountain's the best. I remember one time I did a reading that I don't know why I was so emotional, but I just felt really fucked up after I read it and Mountain was like, "Are you okay?" And it was like just really sweet to me. And just like wanted to talk to me, wow. and yeah, Mountain's poems are so cool. I love Mountain. I, I haven't seen them since. That's part of why like Catch Fest ending the way it did bummed me out because like I don't have any way of interacting with Mountain. Well, they changed their name. This is El- Eleanor Eli Moss. Mm, yeah. Okay, maybe I should fucking reach out. Maybe I should reconnect. Yeah, Eleanor lived in Philly for a while. I don't know if they are still here. Um, they're mad chill. I've made them dinner. Oh, you have? Yeah. Because there was a time where Ketch had just moved here and Eleanor was also living here. And we would kick it sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. I remember I made, one night I made mussels two ways, in a red sauce and a cream sauce. And the three of us had dinner. Nice. I know they're like their best friends with August. Mm-hmm. They know August. Oh, we're okay. Yeah. Okay. I think they're going to do podcasts with August and they're still working on that right now. Mm, is that the podcast project that August. August eased when discussing it with you? I think so, yeah. Hell yeah. Then I'm going to have to keep my eyes peeled. Tyler, when are you going to move to Philly? I feel like everybody's moving to Philly. You should come. You should move to Tulsa. 
I will. I mean, I'm in a I'm in a degree program right now, and I'm oh. sort of getting a healthcare career going. So I'm still a few years out. But once I have some experience, then I would love to leave Philadelphia because I'm kind of over it. I, I do love the city, but I've been here long enough. So I was recently in Dallas, and I was like, I could I could move back here, but I don't see Tulsa is probably not that different from Dallas. We can move to Rockwall. I think I would pick Dallas. <laughs> Have you ever been to Rockwall? That's where my cousins live. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. It's too small, I think. Small towns. I used to live in a place called White Settlement. Whoa. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's where I graduated high school. Actually. I don't know. Oh, shit. Fucking hey, man. That's yeah, fucked. Was, my dad died like three months before I graduated high school. So Whoa. I had to move like his buddy. And we lived in White Settlement, which is really just, it's like Rockwall. It's, it's Dallas Fort Worth is just like a big collection of suburbs. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. And White Settlement is just one of the outer burbs. Did y'all ever hang out with Carmen? Or did I already ask that? You asked. Okay. <laughs> no, I've oh, kicked it with her catch fest, but that's it. And it, this thing in Chicago once. Paul, After, you, when you were uh, dating catch, did you meet Carmen? I met Carmen at the reading that Paul was talking about earlier. Yeah. Paul, you used to have recordings on your SoundCloud of this legendary uh, reading at Carl's place. Are those still- They're not on SoundCloud. I have them though. They exist. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a recording of Carmen reading poetry that, had, that was hyping out on the internet for a while there. No, I put I put one of Simon Simon's reading of that reading. I was page. really hoping we would get to shout out Simon Pym in this episode. Who is yeah, he? Shout out Simon. He's a Chicago poet. Oh. Uh, he's just he's, he's he's a great guy. He's so I met him in Omaha through he went to Loyola in Chicago, and I knew this dude from Omaha who also went to Loyola, and he brought Simon out to do a reading. But then Simon, I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know all the twists and turns, but Simon's like every person I've introduced Simon to, love Simon, because mm. uh, Simon's fucking greatest. Um, Simon's a great fucking poet. But yeah, I, I, that reading that he did at Carl's, which I love, is on my Bandcamp page, um, and I listen to it quite often actually. When I moved to Chicago, there was this late night cafe like a block over from my apartment called Nightcap, and I remember it being there kind of like toward close to so like 7 30 p.m one night and simon was in there and he was like he was like a cool looking asian dude which i was just like okay what's up with this guy and i remember like pestering him to be my friend over the course of like a week mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after a while we became friends and we would hang out and then after a while it like swung the other way and simon would pester me to be friends <laughs> he was just like come over and be like i don't know we'd be like drinking whiskey talking He's like super fucking smart and also cool. I yeah. love what is Mira like, Austin? What is what? Mira like. What is Mira like? I mean, I feel like we already went over this. No, she goes into your hotel and you're standing there with a <laughs> towel. What is she like in person as opposed to the internet? Uh, I didn't really interact with her. I mean, we I, we had talked before, so she sort of knew who I was. But in person? Uh, yeah, she's chill. I mean, she's like, she's very cool. I feel like she's been cool for a long time. So I'm more she's like, born cool. I'm huh? more happy to be she's here. Born cool. Born cool. 
Yeah, or whatever. I also had a crush on Mira Gonzalez for the longest time. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I definitely used to get starstruck by like talking to alt lit writers, which is cringe and regrettable. But now, no, for sure, That's my whole podcast. But now it's just like, yeah, whatever. I, I'm blessed to. I don't know. I don't write anything anymore, and I don't have any clout really but That's why we're talking about mirror not you i've been able to right there you go so, but i've been able to make some awesome friends people that are really worth knowing and i'm grateful for that who met aaron taylor yeah yeah she was in denver at catch fest twice Aaron's really cool yeah i liked Aaron. it was very nice i was very i don't know yeah she was like super nice I like the interview. I finished the interview, and I appreciate that you guys talked about, uh, uh, like incest, like child abuse, like that type of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing I like about Aaron on the internet. Aaron's one of those rare people who, like, they're the more they've gotten popular, they haven't become like dumber or more annoying. A lot of people they start getting more attention, they become dumber and more annoying. Yeah, Aaron's still like cool and sharp and shit. Um, but I love that you guys talked about that because it is a major problem that almost never gets discussed because it's so taboo but that's just why i appreciate about what she does she's always talking about real shit mm-hmm. it's cool but yeah she went and got i just remember she got wings with me and lou and justin one time it was just like pretty fun we, it was called like disco brunch and that's like my aaron taylor memory is we got disco brunch together in denver that was the same one with mary boo yeah and mary boo might have been there i can't remember if she was at that one or it's a different one but yeah that's awesome. Was she really high then? She told me a story once when she was at Cash Fest. Like, she like went to a reading, and got really high. That was like the highest she ever was. It was really a lot funny. of smoke at Cash Fest. A lot of people were really high. I never thought like, man, Aaron is so high right now. Like, what? A, like, that never hit me, but it wouldn't surprise me. No, I was talking about Mary Boo. I was talking about Mary Boo. Oh, Mary Boo. Oh, yeah, okay. she's not someone that, that I see like getting like high on drugs. Like high on marijuana or whatever. Well, or weed is legal in Denver. So yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's true. Even if you're not really going ham on it, it's medically yeah. cleared in uh, Oklahoma too. Weed Vegas. It's yeah. like weed fun. Now, once I did a reading at Catch Fest where I just read a bunch of. I don't smoke weed very much, but I read all these poems that I read while about being stoned. Uh-huh. And everyone there was super stoned, and they're like, "That was the greatest." Reading it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. funny. Um, right, you awesome. I remember being excited to go to Catch Fest or other times I've gone to Denver because weed is legal. And as I get older, uh, I like I'm interested in weed less and less. But I don't know. I mean, when I was like 21, there was somebody else I met on the internet that was like, "We should." have a fling you should come to denver where i live and i remember being excited by that whole thing but also like there's weed there was it telling <laughs> they have good <laughs> weed, like really good weed mm-hmm. now i don't really give a shit about that but who was it of the original yeah i mean i used to write for this like music blog this little blog on tumblr 
and I met this girl, Kiki, and we were both from Texas, but she lived in Denver and she was like 10 years older than me. And she was mm -hmm. like, I like your writing and you're cute. You should come to Denver. And I was like, I'm 20. And she was like, oh shit. Well, when you're 21, come through. <laughs> and so I did. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, Shout nice. The internet. Yeah. What and then beautiful. Like you touch down, you, you like are waiting for your Uber or your taxi or whatever, and there's mountains. And it's just like, this is incredible. I would love to see way more of Colorado than I have already seen. Mm -hmm. What about you, Tyler? You ever travel to another city for love? No. I went to WrestleMania, though. WrestleMania 32. Where was that? In Dallas. Mm. Did you go, Austin? Do you see any cuties at WrestleMania and think, no. wow, I'll stay here in Dallas? No. That's an experience I recently had. I was in Dallas, I guess, last week. For WrestleMania? No. No. I mean, you know. If Have somebody... you been to WrestleMania in Dallas? No. Oh. I don't really understand the appeal. There's a lot of white trash stuff that I can really get down with. But pro wrestling is something that just, I don't know. No, nobody ever showed it to me in a way that made me, like, relate to it. Oh. But I'm, I'm not okay. a hater. Just don't. It's not you, part of my. You don't relate to the Rock. <laughs> I, I mean, the Rock is cool. I think the Rock is like he his coolness like transcends the art of wrestling. I think. Yeah. What about you, Paul? Have you been to a wrestling event? Mm, I don't think so. No. I've been to a lot of uh, racing Damn. events, like stock car racing. Uh, yeah, demo, demo derbies, that type of shit. Mm -hmm. That was very common uh, happening in my hometown growing up. I feel like there was like a wrestling event or two that came through, but no, I've never been to one. Okay. What are your hobbies outside of reading and writing? Shit kicking. Yeah. My hobbies. I, uh, damn, that's a great question. A lot of my time I spend with my girlfriend. I just kick it with my girlfriend. That's a big part of my life. What are her hobbies? I like watching <laughs> her hobbies. Damn. Uh, I'm not going to speak on her her personal life, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like watching movies. Mm -hmm. I like uh, getting a nice meal here and there. I like driving. Yeah. I like. Are you a door trash? I've done it, yeah. I don't do it anymore, but I have done it. You get yelled at? Nah. Oh. Nah, I'm too fast. Yeah? Um, I like I, I do that comedy bullshit. I like doing comedy bullshit. In you have a TikTok? I do. What's your but, TikTok? I, it's like it's like Poet Bros. Like 100 or something. I can't remember. It's pretty... It's like a intentionally chuggy like tiktok name i haven't mm. done any tiktok in a while i like making tiktoks but it takes forever have but you all met like, rachel rabbit white i haven't oh are you awesome i've no what were you gonna say Paul? I'm in a, I, I was gonna say i'm in a 
NBA gambling bracket that one of I think Rachel Rachel Rabbit White's close friends is in. I've heard of this. What is this? It's a. It's like the NBA playoff comes around, and Charlie sets up this gambling bracket, and there's a group text for it, and it's like all these New York people, and then like. Justin was in for a while. Like there's like three random Nebraska people, and then all these like really cool New York media people. And oh. I think one of the, like sort of e girls that Austin was referencing earlier is in this gambling bracket community. So that's my closest connection. There's a few people that have been shouted out on this podcast so far that are in there, right? Really? Like who? Theo's in there? No, nah, Theo's not in there. Chai's uh, in there? Nah, Chai could be in there. It's Char. Charlie does it. Charlie's a friend of Shy. I met Charlie because Shy was Charlie Dulick. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know how you say that name, but they're like a housing activist in NYC. Cool. Uh, but yeah, Charlie was moving, was driving a car from the from the West Coast to the East Coast, and Chariot and Shy were with Charlie, and they crashed at my pad. And that's how I met Charlie. It was tight. All right. I'm going to end it because it's been so long. All right. Thanks, thanks for coming on, man. Wait, I got to say about Austin before you, before you close it. Or we just close it while he's not around. No, please let me say bye. That's all I ask. This is a lot right. of fun. I really love your podcast. I think it's super fucking cool. Thanks, man. I'll have to have you guys back on like individually. So there's a lot more stuff I can dig into. Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I'd love to. I love your style. I think it's so funny, but uh, no pressure, of course. Sorry, you had to pee. I'm back. It's over. We're closing up shop. Oh, wow. Well, thanks for having us on, Tyler. Merry Christmas to both of you. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Is it snowing? Yeah, it's it's snowy as fuck. It's not snowing currently, but it snowed a lot the last couple days. Do you prefer it that way? No, no, no. I I love it. I, I will say, like, when it's snowing and it's like that kind of calm, snowy, vibe i love that vibe but mm-hmm. i don't like it when the roads are all snowy and it's like grody and shit you know all right we'll see you all right peace to you Bye. peace out man <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was paul and austin on lo-fi lit and that was a three-hour recording man i'll probably cut that down an hour or two, but I'll see you guys later.